Please don't make any gaffes when Ryan Miller comes on. I promise I will only call him Justin at least once. Welcome back to Big Apple Hockey, everybody. And it's just at that moment when you guys came live. I'm so happy to see that. I, of course, first off, by the way, it's great to have three people in here and not just me and Anthony as we welcome back Philk. What's going and, on? Well, I, have, of course, am your host, Mark Williams, dressed up to look more professional today. And we're joined, like I said before, by Mr. John Volkowski. I'm back, boys. I'm back. And, of course, the man that usually has the hawk, but not today, Mr. Anthony LaRocco. So, Mark, uh, uh, who, was, who was one of the better Buffalo Sabres goalies that you can remember in, in the recent you know, past? You know, that's a great question. Uh, did they really have any good ones? I'm not sure. I mean, no, I mean, I mean, the only guy, the only guy I could think of would be would be Ryan Miller. I mean, wouldn't that be cool if he would ever a guy like him would ever join our show? I mean, I, and he is, and he will be joining us shortly. <laughs> uh, we're going on a little bit early, thanks to the diligent efforts of the man that's all the way down there in the bottom box. And uh, so, but we're going to start off talking about the Stanley Cup Finals that began uh, last week. So the yeah the one overtime game and then the seven nothing game wow and then last night the Tampa Bay Lightning said ah uh, not so fast Phil first off give me your thoughts on the first two games as well as I guess you know what go right to all three it's funny because we were Anthony was saying oh he thinks this series is over and and so on and then what does Tampa do they 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 get down to. A one nothing deficit, Colorado scores, and we think it's a goal. But it's not because Bowen Byram actually had the puck go slightly offside. So that goal was called back. But Colorado then finds a way to score again to actually make it one nothing this time. And here we go. This series looks like it's over, just like it did in game three for the Rangers. Nope. And Colorado... Just lost it. Tampa Bay proves that they have the pedigree of a champion. They come right back after being absolutely trounced in game two and a close one in overtime in game one. So um, this whole sleeping on Tampa Bay thing, I think everybody's got to stop doing it because they continue to do it, continues to happen, and Tampa Bay continues to come back and start, tries to prove everybody, uh, everybody wrong. If I could speak, that would be great. But, yeah. It's early um, in the day. Yeah, Colorado, yeah, their speed is undeniable, and their talent as well. But holy smokes, did friggin' Darcy Kemper get lit up last night by Tampa. And Tampa really made it a point to show that they're not done. And you can't count them out, and you can't sleep on them. So uh, this is a serious, ladies and gentlemen. And when you think it's over, it ain't over. Anthony. So game one was, you know, it, it was close over time, obviously. Um, game two, the avalanche, it wasn't even competitive. It, it looked like it was a uh, NHL team playing a minor league team. They, they really, you know, ran them right out of the building. And um, I just think Colorado, their combination of speed and skill um, is just that much higher than Tampa Bay right now. And I know credit Tampa Bay. They came back. They did what they had to do uh, on home ice to at least make this a series. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I just, 
I just don't – I still have a hard time believing that Tampa can, is going to win this series. I mean, best-case scenario, let's say they split. Um, Colorado's a 3-1 lead, and I don't I don't know if Tampa Bay is going to win rattle off three straight against Colorado, especially when two of those games are going to be in Colorado. So um, kudos to Tampa Bay for, for getting the job done and, and winning last night, but I think Colorado's going to come back and take game four. And if that happens, it's going to be really hard for Tampa Bay to overcome that. So um, – and also, the, the X factors keep in mind here. Braden Point was out again, so clearly he's not recovered from his injury. And then Nikita Kucherov, after that hit from Devon Taves and kind of fell awkwardly, um, after he took that one timer on the power play, when the puck was stopped, he skated right off the bench and left the game. So um, that could be a huge blow to Tampa Bay if that you know lingers at all. Um, so I just think you know Tampa Bay. You can't discredit what they've done the last two years. They're an amazing team, and they still are a really good team. Uh, I just think they kind of met their match in Colorado right now. But um, we'll see. This is why they play the games. But I just think Colorado's going to win the Stanley Cup. By the way, a friend of mine at the end of the Eastern Conference Finals made a joke. We're going to discuss this later after the bar talk with these guys because I'd love to pose this question to them. But I have to say this, and the, the same thing I've said at the beginning of the series is Colorado can win this series as long as they keep their mental composure and not – like freak out or anything. Cause that's what Tampa's doing. And uh, it's just Tampa is going to just go, look, the games went that way. They're the only team I know that could struggle off a seven, nothing loss in the Stanley cup finals yeah. you're down a game. And you need it. That's the only team that could possibly ever do that. And they're just, they're just going to relax and they're going to try to go win game four. I think they're going to win game four and then go back to, two to Colorado and then put the pressure on Colorado to win. But before I get too far away, because Anthony, you mentioned that hit. What do you think about Devin Taves' hit on Kucherov? Do you think that was a good hit? Oh, I've seen a lot of Devon Taves over the years. And one thing I could say is he's not a dirty player. He has no reputation of that whatsoever. No, uh, not that I would even accuse him of that either. Yeah, I, I think I think he's just playing hard on Tampa on Tampa Bay's best player. Um and also, I think what affected the hit, too, a little bit, Kucherov kind of lost his edge as Taves made contact. So Kucherov kind of, as he was going down, Taves' stick hit him lower, like more like on the side, the ribcage area. And then yeah. the way he fell with his legs, I think it was his groin, more so the issue of Taves' actually hit to him. Um, but I think he's just playing hard on a really good player. And I guess, I mean, there was that, that play prior where Kucherov hit um, – I don't know which Avalanche player it was. I forget now. He kind of he kind of hit him a little bit late, maybe a little bit from behind. Uh, I, I'm blanking on who. Maybe it was Manson. So I don't know if that could have been you know a retaliatory thing. Um, but overall, I have no issues with Devon Taves' hit. I think it just made it look a little bad, is because how awkward it was with how Kucherov fell. But um, I have no issues with what Devon Taves did there whatsoever. Okay. I mean, uh, I was, I was, because it looked like a weird hit. That's just yeah, no, it definitely, about. definitely was. It was awkward. Phil, who's guy, who's guy that's really impressed you in this series? Mm. Wow, um, I've got to say, Nick Paul has yes. really, really been very impressive. I, I, I think he's going to work his way to uh, a big contract for himself. And I'm not talking like a, like a big, big superstar type contract, but for a guy that really came out of nowhere, uh, mm -hmm. wasn't really a household name. He's kind of made himself one. He's made himself to be one of the, uh, the better bottom six forwards across the entire league. 
and and someone's going to give him a nice contract. I don't know who it's going to be. I don't think Tampa can keep him beyond this year, but come this off season, he's going to get some money. He's going to get a nice chunk of change because he's really kind of broken out uh, between the regular season that he had and then this postseason. So uh, Nick Paul's the guy for me. Yeah, and Mark, when we did our preview, he was the he was the lightning player that I mentioned. So Phil, spot on. Uh, not for nothing, his 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 effort last year was kind of heroic. He get he clearly got hurt. He was laboring. He comes back and he scores that goal. Um, you know, and then he left again, and you know, he came back. He he that was a really really strong effort from him. And Phil's right. Um, you know, Tampa Bay has to firstly take care of Andre Palat because Andre Palat's an unrestricted free agent. Um, and for my money, I mean, he's got 10 goals. If, if Tampa Bay were to win the cup, he might be their favorite to win the con Smythe. Uh, I mean, Stamkos is up there, but Palat's been hell of a player for them and they're going to focus on keeping him. Yeah. Kucherov's got 26 points. No, I, yeah. yeah, I know, but Palat has scored a lot of clutch goals. He's been, he's been big for them. He's been an important piece. Yeah, I mean, there is precedence for that. Um, I, I could think of two different occasions on the off the top of my head where the Smythe winner didn't have nearly as many points uh, as the, the leading scorer in the playoffs, but had more goals. Um, 1995 with Claude Lemieux, he had 14 goals, which I believe led the NHL in, in the playoffs that year. In and by the way, if you watch those playoffs, Claude Lemieux was the MVP. Well, Claude Lemieux had a bunch of clutch goals throughout each series, um, and that's why he won that Conn Smythe. And then Anthony's favorite, Alexander Ovechkin in 2018. Evgeny Kuznetsov had 32 points yeah. in that postseason. Yeah. And it was the first time that somebody had 30 points in a postseason since Evgeny Malkin and Sidney Crosby in 2009. Just think of that. Nine years without a 30-point 30, 30 scorer, and Kuznetsov still didn't win the Conn Smythe because Ovechkin – had all those goals in the playoffs. I believe he had, I believe he had 14 as well, if I'm correct. Um, but yeah, Andre Palat, you know, Anthony's right. Andre Palat could be the guy. Um, I wouldn't look past Nikita Kucherov. Uh, Steven Stamkos is obviously a good one. And there's always going to be a, the big cat. Andre Vasilevsky is always going to yep. be in the mix for a Smythe as well. But right now you would have to look at it and say that Andre Palat might end up being the most important player on that team this year. And they can't afford to lose him in the offseason. I know they don't have much cap space. They have to him and him and Jan Ruda are actually their only like free agents, but well, aside from Nick Paul, but um I think they I think they'll do all they can to keep Pilot. I think he was making four point something million. He's gonna get I think he'll probably get a raise to in the sixes. Um they might have to move a guy like Alex Kalorn though to to really make it work. So um I believe he has no trade protection, though. I, I I think it's limited, if if I'm correct. But um, I I believe that Kalorn has uh, no trade protection. I'm actually um, trying to grab that right now. And actually, we we're uh, I think it was Warren that mentioned it just now. But Valeri Nichushkin, uh, ah, Valeri Nichushkin has yeah. had such a great series so far, and he's really looking. He's just so improved from when he he left the league and left the Dallas Stars. He got bought out. Came he back, got yeah, by Dallas. Yeah, and, right. and just what a job by him coming back and being a great two way player. Yeah. Um. Just a quick update. Kalorn has a sixteen team no trade list, so he uh can veto trades to half the teams in the league. By the way, right now we got a uh, we got a poll that's up. Who do you think had the greatest performance of a U.S. goaltender? 
right now on the poll. And right now, our guest is the leader at 33%. And when you when you talk about the names that are on that poll right now, Jim Craig and Lake Placid, Mike Richter in Montreal when they won the World Cup, Ryan Miller in Vancouver when he was unbelievable. Just international performance in a tournament? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. And then Jonathan Quick in Sochi. Incredible. No. So, Going back uh, to Nikushkin for a second, I think Colorado. Colorado has Kadri, Nikushkin, Borakovsky, Manson, um, all as free agents. Um, no way they're going to be able to keep all of them. Um, no. But nope. I think when it comes down to choosing between Nikushkin and Borakovsky, they're going to choose Nikushkin right now. Um, he's yeah. he's going to get he's going to get paid. Um, Val, Val, Val Nichushkin is is probably going to be the one that that stays because I think Burakovsky is actually going to get a bigger number because he had a, I believe a sixty point season. He yes. So he's going to get somewhere in the six to seven range himself. And it's funny because I was talking about this on Twitter. I believe it was yesterday or the day before, and and, and a, an Avalanche fan ended up in my mention somehow. And uh, after I uh, tweeted about how McKinnon's going to get a raise somewhere in like the eleven to twelve million range. Yep. In the, like two years then you got to worry about uh mccars obviously his contract kicks in um you you, you got you got a whole bunch of guys they're probably going to lose nazim Kadri because nazim Kadri is going to get mika's advantage at money this upcoming off season because he was on if, pace if not game. more yeah if not more he 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 had 87 points i believe in 71 games it was mm. actually on pace for 100 points flat now he probably won't ever hit those numbers again unless he's in the absolute right situation because of the fact that Nathan McKinnon missed a significant amount of time and caused Nazem Kadri's you know, uptick in ice time. But Nazem Kadri is definitely going to get a gigantic payday going forward. Now let's just see who ends up signing him and is there any buyer's remorse in the end? That's going to be a great question. And I, I just wonder – Say if it's going to be like a different contracts where as soon as the ink is dry, you're going, oh, this is not a good idea. We shouldn't have done this. So we'll see about that one. Uh, Anthony, we'll start with you on this question. And then hopefully uh, that'll take us. Uh, maybe Ryan Miller will be on by then. But uh, Anthony, if the Lightning are able to pull this off, where does that put them among the greatest teams in NHL history? Well, we, I think we touched on this. Um, possibly might have been the last show we did. Um, I have to say, I mean, the, the teams of the 80s, the Oilers are impressive, the Islanders. But if they went three in a row to do it in this era, there's no question that the Lightning winning three cups is, is one of the most impressive feats and might be considered yeah. as one of the best dynasties um, of all time. Because, you know, back when the Islanders and Oilers did it, different day. There was no, you know, salary cap, and it was much. It was much easier to keep teams together. Um, what the Lightning are doing um, and have done is incredible. I mean, we talked about how they lost the the Gord, Goudreau, and um, Coleman. Coleman line that was so important to them, and yet they kind of remade it in just you know Hagel, Nick Paul, moving up Ross Colton, etc. Um, it, that, that's really hard to do. And they, and they still, and they still recreated that. Um, so no question Tampa Bay, if they pull this off. Um, my question is if they do win again, how do they keep it going? Can they afford to keep Andre Pilat with the rest of their team intact? Nick Paul's probably going to go. Um, but you know what, if they win, I'm not going to doubt them and say they can't win four in a row. Cause in the off season, 
I know, you know, Phil said he could see them going again. And, you know, I said no because they lost that third line. And um, so they've, you know, they've proved me wrong coming this far. So uh, but if they do it, kudos to them. Um, Julian Brisebois, John Cooper, uh, the organization is, you know, top rate from top to bottom. So, but yeah, in my opinion, it would be the most impressive team of all time to do it in this day and age. Phil. Yeah, um, it, it, it's got to be one of the top five to ten most impressive. Oh, never mind. Right, guys. guys, here we go. We got Ryan Miller joining us right now. So I'm going to get him in. Joining us right now from uh, – uh, Ryan, where are you right now? I can't. <laughs> nice. Uh, oh. Cody's got uh, about three hours on the ice this morning. So just nice. got him out there. Well, thank All you right. for joining us. And Ryan, I'll start with congratulating you on the impressive fee of getting your number retired this season by Buffalo. Um, you know, can, can you just speak to a little bit about that? And, you know, I know as a kid, I'm sure you dreamed of playing in the NHL one day, but could you have imagined that, you know, you're going to get your jersey number retired by a, you know, NHL team that you played for for so long? No, definitely not. Big surprise, tremendous honor. And, Definitely something when you're, you know, as a goaltender at your routines, uh, you know, you spend time during the national anthems. I'm kind of looking around at the ceiling and you see a lot of the, the great players who've come before and they've been up there. It's certainly something that catches your eye. And uh, so to be considered uh, one of those players for the Sabres is, uh, you know, a dream come true for sure. Ryan, was there any moment in your career where, whether it was the team or yourself, where you felt like you had to redeem something, whether it was the the, the silver medal or a certain point in a playoff series or anything? Oops, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys, yeah, trying to find a spot. To... No problem. Just sit. Yeah, go for it, sorry. No, no worries. Um, was there any point in your career where, like, you had a moment where you felt like you need to, uh, whether it was yourself or the team, felt like you had to, like, redeem yourself on something like that, or whether it was a playoff series, the, the silver medal, or? I don't know about redemption so much as, you know, you're trying to just compete every year. I think that we always took the playoff series as steps forward, and we were having – uh, you know, a quality season if we were in contention for something. And the same goes for the silver medal. You know, it's definitely, uh, you know, you look back on it, you, you, you wonder how things could have been different throughout the game or the tournament or whatnot. But uh, you come down to, you, you know, I feel like I did the best I could do. And, you know, that's how everything ended up. And I'm, I'm proud of what I was able to accomplish coming from where I come from. And um, that's how you kind of, Target, but certainly the competitor and you wonders, you know, where little things could have been different. But uh, you know, that's not something you have a, you know, a whole lot of control over when things are all over. Ryan, I got to ask you about 2010 because that was certainly a memorable year for you. But I'm going to start with the Vesna Trophy. Uh, what was that the best season of your career? And did anything feel differently about that year? Yeah, we just had a good vibe um, as a group. And then that kind of carried over into 
you know, my play, uh, I think that uh, I felt like I was kind of ramping up and reaching a, a point in my career where I was figuring some stuff out and I had a good some, uh, summer of training coming off an injury. Uh, I'd actually sprained my ankle uh, the year prior. And so I, I, uh, I had a lot of time to focus in the summer on how to put myself in a good position for the season and also good position for uh, the Olympics. So, you know, it was really a, a conscious effort to be ahead of the game. And I think maybe my injury actually helped because I, I didn't really have an off season. You know, I, I did, I missed a big chunk of time. I tried to come back and kind of came back early and tried to make the playoffs the season prior playing through pretty good pain. Uh, it didn't work out. So I essentially just kept rehabbing. And I think that actually helped. I, I was, uh, physically, mentally ready, and, and I was up for the challenge, and it was a good time in my uh, career. I, I had enough experience to make some corrections in my, my game and my mindset, and I was also hungry enough to put the effort in. So it's definitely a rewarding year looking back on it because uh, a lot of effort went in ahead of time, and, and a lot of uh, things had to go right. Uh, so, yeah, it's was, it's was good to look back on uh, in a way, but also bittersweet because we came up short in a couple areas that season. But uh, like, like I said, um, you know, you, you you parked that, and you know, I I did the best I could. Well, just to add on to that, not many men can get a standing ovation in Pittsburgh while Sidney Crosby got booed in that one <laughs> moment. So you were able to accomplish that, Anthony. <laughs> Small victories. No, um, Ryan, the, uh, in 2006-2007, um, you know, you guys, the Sabres, you led the, you led the league in goals for, like, 308 goals. And I always equate you guys to the NFL's version of the greatest show on turf, those Rams teams that were so high-octaned and, and scoring. Your Sabres were kind of the same way. Um, and you had a 9-11 save percentage that year, which, I mean, right now probably equates to, like, 925 or even higher. So that's that's really outstanding. But – Question is, did you have to change your approach to your play when you when you were playing in front of a team that was maybe so run and gun and always looking for offense? Did that make your job difficult to you at all? Um, no, it, it just was a different element. I, I played on different teams over my career. Like coming from Michigan State, we were pretty defensive orientated. Uh, coming out of juniors, we were kind of middle of the pack. Uh, and our junior hockey, there's not a whole lot of responsibility so i mean you're kind of used to running gun a little bit as you grow up uh but coming into pro i was used to the guys and our puck control was actually really good i think you know i'd be interested to see where we are with advanced stats now and how you know how our how we were driving the play and how often we had the puck but yeah creating offense leads to chances against as you've probably seen in these playoffs even the best teams give up what would be considered many years ago a terrible scoring chance against like that'd be all the, the media would probably talk about is that scoring chance or that goal against the way things happen but i think we've seen how things have shifted towards sacrificing a little bit uh to get the upside of possibly just controlling the play and scoring more goals so um you know we were a pretty forward-thinking team you know we can thank uh lindy ruff and, and darcy gear for you know having the forethought and putting together a group who could handle that situation i think we we tailored our third and fourth line to be a little bit different. 
and our defense were encouraged to do things a little bit different at the time. And, and uh, we benefited from having the puck on our stick a lot. And, but that means, you know, I'm going to see some two on ones, breakaways, some odd situations, but I think, you know, the same thing goes with a shootout. I've always kind of taken those opportunities as challenges that I'd like to meet and try to have fun with it. You know, if that makes any sense, like, yeah, as a goalie, you can't be out there judging your team and saying, Oh my God, I can't believe they let up this two on one while a two on one's <laughs> happening. It's just, it, it's just, okay, we got two on one. Let's like, let's do this. Or, Oh, it's a breakaway. And it's Yarmir Yager. Oh, this is going to be, this is going to be a huge challenge. You know, like it's, yeah. it, you know, that was, I don't know. That was fun for me. It probably explains a lot of why I was able to, you know, be a goaltender and, and probably not suited for another position as well. Ryan, what were some of your uh, favorite away arenas to play in? Um, I think Montreal has always been a great one. Just the respect that they have for the game is outstanding. Uh, I, I just remember some games where they were trying to get into my head a little bit or like, you know, trying to like, boo and jeer and like all the stuff and then like i just thought it was so unusual and maybe some people might not pick up on this but like if you make a pretty good play or like an outstanding play as an even as an away player as on the visiting team like you'll get a portion of the crowd that actually applauds that and it's not because they're fans that have come to montreal to, to cheer for you it, it's because they're just montreal people who love hockey and they're like wow that was a great play and i've always thought that was cool and you can sense it in the crowd too. Like I backed up there before and things happen and they talk about how great the play was, no matter who does it. So I always loved that. Uh, plus the energy in the building is great. And then uh, Madison Square Garden was always cool. Um, and then, I don't know, just, uh, just depending on the vibe, I guess, of the team you're going up against. You know, there's been ranks ahead, you know, different vibe when the team was playing a different way or playing better. And so it's, it's always been fun to travel around and bring the circus to town and, and have some fun. So, but those, those two cities stand out for sure. Ryan. So you were at Michigan state when the cold war game was introduced and then you had the honor of being in the first winter classic. Did you have any idea what you were going to be starting. No, and it, it, it's really cool how it kind of came about. Um, our, our, one of our coaches, Dave McAuliffe at Michigan State, was really behind, you know, pushing for this and trying to get the idea going. And I remember Michigan State really, you know, being excited by the idea. And, and when they kind of hinted that it might happen, and then they're like, yeah, we're going to play at the football field. We're like, this is outstanding. This is an amazing idea like we were a pretty good team at the time i think at one point we were ranked number one in the nation probably the year prior uh for a long time uh so we were a confident group and and we all looked forward to that uh that showcase especially against michigan you know at that time our rivalry was uh you know uh full swing uh pretty evenly matched and, and we can go back and forth a little bit so it was, fun. It was a lot of fun now, Ryan, shifting gears a little bit to the, the Stanley Cup final going on. Um, obviously, Tampa Bay picked up a big win last night. But as a goalie, um, can you just speak to our listeners about, you know, Colorado 
they're so fast and active, especially their D. You know, Biram, Taves, Makar, you know, Manson, um, Gerard, who's not playing, can move really well, and, you know, Eric Johnson. Um, so when you have a D that activates that well and is so fast, um, as a goalie, you know, what, what do you have to do differently to be aware of that and kind of counteract that? I mean, I think the patience is the key. You, you don't want to bite too hard when the play gets going kind of down below the, uh, the dot to your left or right. Uh, you know, they're going to be looking for somebody. Uh, it was so traditional when I played, it was like a three on two or whatever. You come down the wing, you're going to get a shot. You know, they're trying for a rebound. They're trying to beat you clean. But, man, the guys just do a great job holding the puck now and looking for uh, players activating or beating their checkup ice. Um, Colorado is just such a good team at making decisions and, you know, together in a fast way. Um, it's, um, it, it becomes just like everything feels like it's coming downhill at you when you play against them. It's like everyone's headed your direction and they do a great job of pressuring. If it doesn't work out for them, they've instantly entered into four check mode and it, it, it you know, it's, it's hard to get the puck back down the ice. So. They can be overwhelming to play against. It was interesting to see how uh, Tampa countered that last night. Uh, they played a little bit different game, I thought. So uh, good on them to make the adjustment and and and, and get creative and and kind of send uh, Colorado back on their heels a little bit. So that's that's the fun part about watching. Now you you played with Josh Manson in Anaheim, and I know. Uh, maybe to the media and the outside world, you know, he's more viewed as a guy who, you know, plays tough in the crease and physical, but he could really skate and provide some offense. So what, what was it like playing with him? Yeah, Josh is a great player. Uh, I think he gets more of the reputation because he's willing to go play with the body. And I think his, his, his dad's uh, reputation also precedes him. But uh, Josh is a little bit of a throwback, but he, he's got a, enough skill where, you know, he's, He's ready to enter the play and uh, just a big, strong body. He's able to kind of dive in when you, you don't expect it. And I think I think that's been the case a few times uh, uh, in this postseason. You know, it's been a little bit unexpected, but like jumping by McDonough in, in one of their games in Colorado, I mean, you don't think he's going to jump from, you know, below the hash mark or, or right below the dot there. So he thinks he's got a safe pinch and then uh, see you later. So... Good read by Josh and, uh, you know, great finish. I'd like to say I helped him out with that over the years. <laughs> uh, Ryan, you, Buffalo has had a long line of, of great goaltending going from Tom Barrasso to Dominic Hasek to yourself. How was it to be the next in line after someone like Dominic Hasek and, and having to deal with maybe some of the media pundits saying that you might have had to try to fill his shoes to an extent? Yeah, I think when I got there, it was pretty apparent they were looking for something like that. He had been gone about a year. Uh, Marty Biron and Mika Nornin were first-round picks, and then I had a good college career, and I was obviously expected to do something with that. So, yeah, they were definitely looking to create the storyline and, and push, and I wore number 39 in juniors and, and into college, and it was a number that I actually really enjoyed. I wore it internationally. I've worn it internationally, you know, for USA. And the second I got to Buffalo, I asked for number 30. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> I, I wanted, I wanted to, 
to blaze my own trail and I, I didn't want the comparisons. Uh, Dominic's his own, you know, I mean, he's got his own style. He's got his own aura persona. He, he's one of the, you know, the greatest goalies ever to play. And I just wanted to have my own identity and, and I was lucky enough to kind of carve it out with a, you know, great group of guys. We got, you know, my, my group of boys who kind of came up through with like uh, Palmonville, Gostad, Roy, uh, Vanek, uh, you know, those guys down in uh, Rochester and really starting to build something together with, you know, that's what I was lo- more looking forward to is like a team identity and my own identity. And, uh, you know, lucky enough to look back now and say that, you know, we, we were able to do that. Ryan, by the way, I got to tell you, one of the funniest commercials I ever saw was that old Amp Energy commercial that you did the Omama <laughs> fight in. That yeah. was that was that was always a great one. Um, I do have to ask you this though, uh, looking because on top of all the accomplishments that I never got to list all of them, Vesna Trophy winner, silver medalist, uh, winningest American goaltender of all time. Uh, you've had. Um, a rich hockey family, like the Millers are pretty much royalty for American hockey. You had 10 uh, family members playing the NHL. Um, so I guess, is that, would that be more of a good novel for you? A sitcom you would write? <laughs> I, yeah. I think if you saw my brother and I running around the rink, chasing my, my cousins, uh, I think it'd be more of a comedy. Uh, <laughs> we look, yeah. So just to clarify, it's 10 Millers have played hockey, Michigan state. And then uh, there's been five of us in the NHL. Uh, my brother is a Stanley Cup champion with Anaheim. Uh, I think Kevin has two Olympics. I have two Olympics. Kelly played like 1,300 games. Kip won the Hobie Baker uh, in college. Uh, my cousins, Curtis and Taylor, came down from Calgary uh, just before I got to Michigan State. Uh, and then my brother capped it off when he went there too. So, you know, my we've had a lot of uh, hockey. You know, my grandfather came down from Canada in the 1950s, and he was the first one to go. Uh, so we're pretty proud of where we came from. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm glad Grandpa did, or else we might be farming up in Saskatchewan still. <laughs> um, but uh, but um, no, he he took a. a he took a chance in the 1950s. It wasn't probably all that normal to cross the border, go down to the United States and attend college uh, and, and play hockey is uh, the primary uh, reason behind it. So, you know, he took a risk and, and took a chance. And, it, you know, it was uh, it's actually a pretty cool story uh, when you, you look at how many people uh, in our family were able to be impacted by Michigan State. Uh, it's not just uh, the hockey players, it's also uh, other parts of the family. So it's pretty cool. Now, Ryan, uh, b- before we let you go, I want, you know, as you know, the off season is often for a silly season, free agency trades. Um, a lot of the, the media makes big speculates about players wanting to go home. Like, for instance, Johnny Gaudreau, top free agent, he's from South mm-hmm. Jersey. So a lot of media and fans speculate, oh, you know, he's going to sign with the Devils or sign with the Flyers. <laughs> Um, as a former player yourself, um, is that is that a thing? Do you guys is playing going home to play at home? Um, is that something that players really want to jump at the chance? I know everyone's different, but is that something that players really prioritize, or 
is as much other things that you put ahead of just going to play for your hometown team. Yeah, I hate to give the boring answer, but they're, they're, I think it's pretty up to the individual. I, I can say that, uh, you know, it's, I was proud that I was able to kind of leave home and then go build something. And then, uh, you know, it would have been nice at some point to say that I, I come home to play, especially with my brother being in Detroit. But, you know, you had other goalies at the time who had been building something and, and like, I think Jimmy Howard was starting to kind of build something there more when uh, when maybe I would have had the opportunity. And it just felt more like, well, I think I have some other opportunities happening. And, you know, I think with the forwards and stuff, maybe they got a little more flexibility. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think that it's interesting, though. You know, Goudreau has been a, a great player for the Flames. You know, you know, we're talking about somebody who could – become a historic player for the flames so i mean you have that to consider as well i mean that's something to factor in when you talk about players and their legacy and yeah. but or maybe it's just easier to go close to home and, and he's maybe you know for me for sure you know i factored in like when uh noreen my wife and i were married and she had a lot of work uh, and based out of uh, the West Coast, uh, a lot of my thought process was, well, how can I make this easier on our family? And, you know, and, uh, Vancouver worked out to be a step closer that was a little bit easier. Uh, and then when we had kids, or uh, just had another one, uh, we're, you know, we're having an easier time to be, you know, more immediately around the, the LA area. So Anaheim made a lot more sense. So there's different stages in everybody's life. And, it's interesting where everyone ends up, but you know Johnny has a chance to be a kind of a historic player, so I wouldn't be surprised to see him stay. Yeah. Well, so so essentially, no uh, no Tom Brady story for you. We we can't we won't expect to hear you announce that you're coming back like in the next week or so, right? <laughs> no, no. I mean, I'm I got I get winded if I'm I'm shagging balls for the kid or something like that. It's, it, I don't think it's I don't think it's worth the. Uh, traumatic tendon injuries that would be happening <laughs> I, I i did tell the guys in anaheim that they want somebody to come out and and, and play a little bit when uh, I, I don't expect their goalies to be around you know stoli's gonna i think he's getting married and, and gibby's back home with a couple kids so you know i told them if they need anybody i'd maybe pop in once in a while just to kind of scratch an itch but uh, yeah I, the most i've done is i played goalie about three times for a bunch of six seven year olds and uh, my save my save percentage was about, you know, if I could, basically I'm trying to get out of the way to make him feel good. <laughs> and, and all, and then all I got, and I'll tell you about this generation is, like, and I just got endlessly chirped, and they were all the kids were asking their parents like how I could have possibly been an NHL goaltender. <laughs> like it is so easy to score on. <laughs> Uh, are there um are there men? I mean, if you wanted to, are there men's leagues out there for you to play in? Like for me and my co-host here, uh, we played against Benoit Hogue here on Long Island. Like he was still skating around, but um, is that yeah. an option too? Even if you wanted to, out there, yeah, I've gotten some invites, but I can tell you it'll be as a you know I'd be skating. I'm not gonna put the pads on, on to. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't seem like a you know something I'm interested in. Uh, <laughs> I, I can tell you from experience that people try really, really, really hard when they're uh, 
you know, if they're not a uh, pro player and then they get a chance to shoot on a pro goalie mm-hmm. and it, it generally ends up with a lot of shots around the collarbone and up around the head. So oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, it just doesn't sound like a lot of fun to go do that. Get, <laughs> get, get your bell rung a bunch of times for some guys to, you know, have a few laughs, so, but I'll go out and I'll shoot the puck a little bit and mess around. We'll see. Well, nice. Well, thanks for joining us, Ryan. Appreciate taking time out watching your kid play. We really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, hope that um, you know you, you enjoy your you know your new your new chapter in retirement, and I uh, can't wait to see uh, number thirty go up in the rafters in Buffalo. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. I'm excited as well. That's awesome. All right, All right. thank you very much, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, right, Ryan. See, you see you guys. That's awesome, Ryan Miller. Everybody, uh, the 2010 Vesna Trophy winner, and about to have his number retired by the Buffalo Sabers this year. Um, you know, we were talking about this earlier, uh, before we went on, Anthony, it's, it's not every day that if you play for a franchise, you're either the best in everything or you're second best to Dominic Hoshik. There's never any problems with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I wanted to ask that question because like, I, I could only imagine the, the, the pressure that he probably had felt, um, you know, going in there and, Basically, I mean, there was a short period of time where Marty Biron was like the guy, but like Ryan Miller was always their top prospect. And he was the guy I just remember back then hearing about him as a prospect and being yeah. like, okay, like he, he's, he's really the guy. Biron was more, we love you, Marty, but you were kind of a placeholder for him. So, oh, that he was highly touted, if I recall correctly, coming in, especially that year that Hasha got injured. Marty Burr. Well, yeah, Marty he was. Burr. Yeah, but Ryan Miller was – he was always the guy. He was always like the – they were looking at him and they thought he was going to be the guy from what I remember, so. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this and right now the poll question's out there. What was the best performance by a USA goalie? Uh, Anthony, do you have a, do you have one that you could say with that? Is it Ryan what? Miller? Is it Mike Richter? Best performance by a USA goalie. Ah, that's tough. I mean, yeah, you could say Richter um, for sure. You know, when he won the cup in some of those games, uh, Ryan Miller's performance, the whole Olympics uh, in the gold medal game, that was definitely one of them. Um, but yeah, you know, listen, we Ryan Miller, um, U.S. hockey goalie royalty for sure. Uh, he, yeah, he oh, he's there. on the short list for the best. Three hundred ninety-one wins the yeah. most of all time for U.S.-born goaltender. I mean, it's more than Barasso. It's more than Van Biesburg. It's it's more than Richter more than anyone so uh yeah but if you had to pick a 1a and a 1b i mean it it would be miller and and then in the 2010 olympics and then richter in the 1996 world cup just because if you look at the rosters the rosters for both of those canadian teams are impressive like you have in the 96 world cup you have gretzky messier sakic lindros uh eiserman Flurry, like uh, coffee, Bork. I mean, up and down. There's there's talent left and right on that Cal- uh, Canada team. And then Crosby, Aginla, um, Thornton, uh, Getzlaff. I mean, you go up and down the lineup, and it, it's it's Hall of Fame lineups on both of these cards. And Ryan Miller dragged a U.S. roster that. No offense to Jamie Langenbrunner, but Jamie Langenbrunner being on the Olympic roster shows you like the 
the, the kind of depth that the U.S. was lacking at that time as compared to Canada in terms of like pure scoring mm-hmm. power. So Ryan Miller really dragged that team uh, all the way to the finals and to overtime and almost got them a gold medal. I never got to ask him uh, about is that the best game maybe he's ever played in because that, that game was still amazing. By the way, number one right now in our poll, Jim Craig in Lake Placid. And he was uh, just fantastic yeah. in that entire series. So uh, so we're going to just t- uh, get that, hide out that banner right there. Or no, it's a, a comment. Sorry about that. And we're going to do some. Uh, hey, Mark. We're gonna do... Oh, hey, what's up? You, um, you know what this is? You know, I, I don't know what that is. What is it? Oh, it's got a, it's got a light. Um, it's Manscaped. So, oh, Manscaped. Uh, yeah, oh, okay. you know, I got, I got to tell you, you know, it's, it's, it's a great tool. The flashlight helps. Um, you got this thing here. It prevents nicks and cuts. Uh, smooth, smooth, my friend. Smooth as eggs, if you know what I mean. So, um, if I were you, I would try it out. Go to manscaped.com, put in code BAH, uh, and stay all neat and tidy down there. I got to stay neat and tidy myself, buddy. If only I had one of the – oh, okay. It's all right here. So, uh, yes, go to Big Apple uh, – go to manscaped.com, put in the, the code BAH and for 20% off, off and free shipping. That yeah, is yeah. always the best way to do that. Guys, yeah, we are going to do some – we're going to do some bar talk, and it's great to have the, the whole gang together right now. <laughs> and it doesn't happen all that often. Here we go, boys. I'm going to take a shot on this one. You're going to say beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh, my God. Everybody, welcome back to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident that you're buying everybody around? Are you just so you want a beer or I need a shot? And no, there's... Either you're depressed or just having a little bit. You know what, Philk? Uh, I'm going to start you off with you on this one. Kale McCarr is the most dominant defenseman in the 22 playoffs. Is more dominant in the 22 playoffs than Brian Leach was in the 94 playoffs. I'm going to say shot because okay. Kale McCarr isn't leading the playoffs and scoring. Uh, um, it's probably one of the best performances by a defenseman since then. But Brian Leach led the entire postseason in, in scoring. And Brian Leach in the first two rounds was untouchable. He was lights out. Um, I know in the Devils series, um, it was a little more rough sledding for him. And in Vancouver, he rebounded, um, scored the opening goal in game seven. Uh, but Brian Leach is probably the most dominant performance from a defenseman I've seen in my lifetime. I know uh, some will say Bobby Orr playoff runs he won two consmites for a reason but um i i've got to say shot here anthony and by the way just for the record anthony i'm happy that the shot isn't over your face right now <laughs> so um i'm gonna i'm gonna say beer uh you know leach was definitely dominant in 94 um different game now but you can't discount what cal mccarr is doing uh you know though he just he just completely controls the game. The way he skates and evades defenders and his shiftiness, 
Um, you know, he's got 26 points. Uh, that's, I mean, aside from McDavid and Drysdale who aren't playing anymore, that's second behind Kucherov, which is really impressive. Um, you know, I think if Colorado wins the cup, um, I mean, he's the clear favorite to win the Conn Smythe. Um, he's been, he's been that good. Uh, you know, dare I say his skating is, is generational. Um, the way he moves, it's, that's what makes him so good. Uh, so yeah, um, he is, he is, he is very, very dominant right now. It's hard to compare to Leach. I think Leach was maybe a step above at that, at this point, but, um, that's not to take anything away from Kale McCarr. Again, he, he's been, he's been fantastic and, uh, he deserves every bit of the con Smythe if he wins it. Everything those two guys do, <laughs> everything those two guys, everything those guys just said, plus adding on to this, it's it's nothing taking away from Kale McCarr, who is having an outstanding playoffs. But I am actually going to pay him the compliment and say beer, because I actually think that Brian Leach in 94 is one of the best playoff performances I've ever seen. He was dominant every single game. He was noticeable every single game. He was uh, offensively challenging and defensively shutting guys down. But it was, I mean, Victor Hedman in 2020, that's one. Um, Nicholas Lidstrom had, I think it was 2002, where yeah. he was he was right there. And you're, you're talking about a lot of guys to do that. And the fact that he might win a Conn Smythe and not the Norris Trophy before he's uh, four years in the league, that's that's going to be incredible. We'll, and, we'll find out tonight if he wins the Norris. Yeah. Uh, with all due respect to him, Roman Yossi has got to be yeah. the Norris. Trophy I mean, player. he had 90. Uh, I mean, yeah, that, that's you know, yeah. the first defenseman to score 90 points in a season since Ray Bork in 1994. It's got to be him. And, and, and he led his team in scoring. Yeah. That's why you have these guys because they know just as much and they rob the thoughts right out of my head. All right. <laughs> Go, going on guys to the second one, Anthony, the New York Islanders cannot begin the season with their current goaltending tandem. So the way you worded it, I'm going to say, I'm going to say shot. I mean, if you said they, they should break it up or they should move Arlam off, that's a different answer. Um, but saying they cannot, then that, that no, it's a shot because clearly, as you see in the playoffs and end of the regular season, with so many goalies getting hurt, you know, Jarry and Deming coming in, you know, Kemper was banged up for a while, but Frank Coes came in, and you know, Freddie Anderson got hurt, and Ranta was in. So all just the way the season's gone, you see how important goaltending depth is. Um, so you can make a case that you know Varlamov being here next season um, makes the Islanders stronger in goal. Because uh, he's a very formidable backup at this point, it's clear as day that Ilya Sorokin is—he stole the job this year. Um, he was second in league in save percentage, only to Igor Shesterkin. Um, Ilya Sorokin's here to stay. He's—he's—he's he's, he's the future. Um, but with that said, it, it won't hurt if Varlamov's back. However, you know they're, the Islanders are linked to some big boys this offseason. Uh, if they want to increase their chances of getting one of them, um, you know. Having a Varlamov as a $5 million backup is a luxury. It's not really a necessity. Uh, so they could definitely move him and get a cheaper backup a la, you know, Braden Holpe or, you know, Thomas Grice for a million, million and a half in change. So uh, I think they should. But again, the wording of this uh, is why I'm saying shot. Phil. Uh, for I forgot if I put it up. I think I did. but uh, I'm just going to say beer because I, I, I get what you're trying to get at. It's just not worded correctly um 
but I, I, I think for cap purposes, uh, you kind of have to go out and move him and, and clear that cap so that way you could save the three and a half, four million, whatever you're looking to save on it. And, and then address other needs, especially like a, a top six score. The Islanders need a top six score big time. Uh, they need a left side defender to, to complement uh, Scott Mayfield in the top four, which is what they were sorely lacking last year, which I said was going to be a big problem for them. And it ended up being a massive problem. That man down there. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was the big hole that I pointed out. Um, and yeah, uh, you're, you're going to need to upgrade other areas and that that's how you would, uh, save cap. But you know, I, I, I you had to word this a little differently and that's why I'm going to say beer. Cause I know what you're getting at, but it's just not worded correctly. Well, yeah. All wording aside, there are lots of things that I didn't know exactly how to word this because there's lots of factors that go into this. Where, what is the goalie market for, for one thing? Uh, it, it, who's going to want to go where and who's going to have um, uh, positions in net available for guys to go in? Because is Marc-Andre Fleury playing another year? Does he go up to Montreal? So. Um, then you have, where does, does Josh Gibson get moved? If that's so, does that create a hole in Anaheim for somebody to go John. in? John. John is... <laughs> Jesus. You know what? Uh, you know what? I'm glad. I'm glad this happened. All right. Well, you know what? John Gibson. <laughs> so aside aside from Jack Campbell, um, who seems like he's not returning Toronto, based on everything here, we have, there haven't been much talks. Uh, Darcy Kemper will probably land back with Colorado. I'm not sure, but the free agent goalie market after Kemper and Campbell, uh, I guess you get through Huso in there, but. It's not really strong. So I think teams will look no. to the trade market in John Gibson, Semyon Varlamov, to a lesser extent, Alexander Gorgiev. Uh, Much but, lesser extent. <laughs> but, yeah, no. So, you know, for, for a team that, let's say, misses out on Jack Campbell or whatnot, your next best options are really through trade. So, yeah. And by the way, as, as both – sorry, Phil. As both you guys brought up that – the other thing is insurance, because what happens if something happens to Sorokin? So the answer is a shot for me as well. Phil, you were trying to make a point, and I talked over you. Uh, I think Gibson's gone. I, I I just think that this is the perfect time for Anaheim to uh, strike in terms of uh, the the market, and you got to strike while the iron's hot. And, and there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be looking for goaltending. Edmonton, Toronto are going to need goaltending. Oh, Edmonton for sure. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Yeah. At Toronto too, Jack Campbell. If the, if he's out, I, I don't think they should go back to him anyway. I think they should probably go el- elsewhere. But um, you you gotta imagine that you know John Gibson is going to be highly demanded this offseason. And, and goaltending markets are usually very volatile. You can never mm-hmm. predict them, and they can change in a snap like that. Yep. So if for Anaheim to do it, I think they have to take advantage of it now because they have Lucas Dostal. I was um, going to say that, yes. They seem to be high he came on. Up last year for a few games, yeah. he looked really good. Mm-hmm. And he's their guy for the future. So uh, I, I would say um, I, he's, I think Gibson's got to be gone this offseason. We'll, we'll get to more of this stuff when we do Q&A, but that's just there's, that's another. There's a lot of talk on that. There's also a lot of That's another report yeah. that Florida's, Florida's shopping Bobrovsky heavily. So, yeah, goaltending market's going to be interesting. So we'll, we'll yeah. see. Trust me, we got a lot to talk about as soon as this uh, Stanley Cup Finals is over. 
because there's there's so many different headlines that keep popping out everywhere. And um, by the way, if you haven't looked up Josh Gibson, he was a hell of a home run hitter. So moving on, Colorado is too fast for Tampa. Mr. LaRocco. I mean, I know last night didn't go well for, for Colorado's argument in this sake, but it's it's round. Um, Colorado just plays with so much speed and pace. And what makes them even more dangerous is that their defense can play the same pace as their forwards. As I mentioned to you know Ryan Miller and asked him what, you know, as a goalie, how that when you have an active D like that, that's so fast, how it makes your life more difficult. And, you know, Colorado, if you look at Tampa Bay, yeah, Hedman can move up the ice, Sergachev, um, but Chernak, Rhoda, McDonough, they're, they're not, you know, they're not speed demons. Uh, and Colorado just heavily out, outweighs them in that category. I mean, again, Beerum, Taves, McCarr, Eric Johnson, Byram. they can all move and move the puck. And that's not even counting Sam Gerrard, who's out for the rest of the playoffs. He's another guy that, that is that is offensive-minded and can move the puck. So Colorado in every facet's faster than them. Um, Tampa Bay, to beat them, are going to have to slow them down in neutral zone, which they did last night. But – to the root of this question, I mean, in my opinion, absolutely, Colorado's too fast for Tampa Bay. Philk? Beer, because um, while their speed is noticeably faster, and Anthony does bring up a good point, the other thing that he brought up there is adjustments, and adjustments can neutralize speed. And when you control the neutral zone the way that Tampa did last night, that's how you neutralize that speed. New Jersey did it for years. Sure, they had some assistance with the – the clutching and the holding and grabbing and stuff like that, and Brodor being able to, to come out and play a third as a third defenseman, but you can still adjust against that type of speed. We've seen it before. They did it against the Rangers. The first two games, the Rangers' speed overwhelmed Tampa, and we thought, wow, the Rangers are really going to be that team that Fair. you know comes out and really gives Tampa the problems that they you know that they're going to succumb to. But no, Colorado's an even faster team, and Tampa still found a way because John Cooper is the best in the league at adjusting to game plans and things being thrown at him. And he did it last night. So look to, to look for him to do it again in game four. And like Mark said, you were probably looking at a tied series going back to Colorado because I, I, I think that John Cooper found the adjustment that he needs to make. And now it's up to Jared Bednar to try to, you know, exploit Tampa and really get that speed going back and breaking out as a five-man unit and forcing Tampa to play back on their heels instead of on their toes and controlling that neutral zone. Because Philk worded the, the his answer the way that he did, I was actually going to say round, but who cares? Because adjustments are going to come in. So thank you, Philk. Now I have to say beer because it's exactly that. I think Toronto was too fast for uh, for Tampa the Rangers were almost too fast for Tampa. Colorado is too fast for Tampa, but Tampa just goes, that's the way you want to play. This is the way we want to play. That's it. It's just that simple with them. They are just every, every organization wants to be Tampa, something bad. And Hey, Ailey, how are we doing? And oh, it's, it's just, it's that simple. And, uh, you can everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth, and Tampa always punches back. Oh, I Stay know that to be true. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And well, by the way, I gotta, I gotta say, I mean, aside from Colorado so far, aside from the Stanley Cup finals, while it's still east versus east, uh, the Rangers and Islanders have given Tampa Bay the biggest the biggest problem out of out of all the teams they faced throughout this run. 
Mm, Toronto. Well, that, yeah, that yeah, down to the six too. That's fair, but yeah. yeah. Which uh, again, I'm gonna. We got a great discussion topic after bar talk for you guys. So yeah, based on the joke that a friend of mine told me, but sticking with the Stanley Cup Finals, Darcy Kemper will get pulled at least one more time in the Stanley Cup Finals. Mr. Fikowski. I'm going to say beer. I think it's more than possible. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I, I, I definitely think that it's very possible. And uh, Tampa has a quick strike offense. And they can just go and score goals in bunches, and they can do it without key players in the lineup. They've done it without Braden Point in the lineup. They've done it without Nikita Kucherov in the lineup. They've done it without Steven Stamkos in the lineup. So we can keep doubting this team all that we want. They continue to come back time and time again and shut every single last one of us up. So I'm not going to doubt them. I, I, I'm, I, I don't know if it's going to happen, but it's definitely a possibility. So beer. Anthony. I mean, re- really hard to predict. I mean, anybody can get pulled at any moment in the game. But, um, yeah, I mean, I guess Tampa Bay is capable of scoring and scoring in bunches. Uh, Darcy Kemper obviously isn't the most elite goalie. So, yeah, sure. Uh, I mean – I, I guess I'll go a beer, um, but I mean it's not it's not a certainty that that's for sure. And that's also a great point. It's not a certainty because you never know. I mean, who knows? I mean, and, and this is for performance. It's not for injury. And sometimes it's not even on him. I don't think all those goals were on him last night. Uh, but sometimes a coach needs to pull the goalie just to wake guys up. I'm actually going to go shot on this guys, and the reason why is because he better not because if. I understand Colorado can yank him and go right to Franco at any moment, but they you can't have a, a, a series where you're playing two goalies the entire time. That's not exactly the path to winning. Um, by the way, one of the dumbest comments somebody gave me last night at the bar was, oh, the Colorado wants to let them win one because they want to win it at home. If you're thinking about where you're winning the Stanley Cup or anything, you're not going to win the Stanley Cup. That's out. Yeah. Um. This one, I'm not as familiar on the about this with these guys, but um, Andre Kuzmenko will be the top left wing in Vancouver. And uh, Phil, go ahead, start out. I'm going to say beer. Um, we've seen guys come over from the KHL and just – not have the impact that we thought they were going to have. Nikita Gusev was was a, a, a far more highly regarded winger than Andre Kuzmenko was, and he just never had the NHL career that you thought he was going to have. Um, and then you have other guys that are undrafted out of nowhere, like Artemi Panarin, who come over and they just end up having great careers. Or you know, Kirill Kaprizov ends up having a 100-point season, sets all sort of Minnesota Wild records in his second year, and wins a, a Calder in his rookie year. So um, I, I think it's a beer just because of the fact that they don't have great wing depth right now, and you never know what could happen. But uh, I don't, I don't think there's any certainty to this. Anthony, I'm going to go beer. Um, you know, he, he was sought after, uh, obviously the top KHL free agent. Uh, Darren Dreger said there, there were a bunch of teams that he considered in the end that kind of promised him, quote unquote, top six minutes. And it seems like Vancouver is one of them. 
Um, but again, there's, there's there's no guarantee just that will happen just because they said that. Uh, you know, Vancouver um, will probably make some changes in the offseason. You know, you hear you hear players like JT Miller and and Garland and uh, you know maybe even Besser. So they they could reshape their lineup, and if they do, maybe that lands Kuzmenko a top spot. But um, you know, we never know. He he could be he could be closer to Nikita Gusev or Shipachov, or he could be Panarin or or Kaprizov. But I have a feeling, um, you know, he might be a Nikita Gusev type player in the end. We'll see, but it's not a it's not a certainty. So I'll I'll say beer. Uh, I'm gonna make it a clean sweep and make it a beer too, because as much as I think the path is kind of laid out for him, they're moving JT Miller to the center and. That already takes away your top left wing right there. And he could easily slide in there because they've had some guys that are kind of disappointing. I don't think they're going to move JT Miller to center. Yeah, I, I, He's probably going to end up staying on wing because you're, you're going to have Elias Pedersen and Bo Horvat unless they move Horvat. I mean, so, I mean, that's possible, but I, I just, I don't know how, uh, likely it is that he's the top guy. There's, top been, there's been reports that they, they're going to move him to center. So, I, I, There's also been reports that they might move JT Miller this offseason. That's also true, too. Yeah. 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 There's, there's another way of doing that. By the way, sometimes, Anthony, when you when you stop, it looks like there's a halo around your head. So uh, <laughs> you're, you're like literally St. Anthony right there. So Okay, okay sugar, right. <laughs> All right. Um, guys, going to coaching news that happened this week. It's not quite official yet, but – Pete DeBoer will get the Dallas Stars to a Western Conference Finals in his tenure. Guys, I'm going to start this one. I know he's not my favorite coach. I know I constantly, and I I always say Pete DeBoer has got a shelf life. He gets the most out of his teams. But you know what? He's going to get them to a Conference Finals at one point. Um, How exactly they're going to do that? Well, he doesn't. He's not going to wear out his goaltenders on this one. Jake Ottinger is going to be the guy. I think there's still a good mix of veterans and some young talent there. But he he got uh, San Jose to a Stanley Cup final. He got the Devils to a Stanley Cup final. He turned around the Florida Panthers 10 years ago. And then, I mean, Vegas, they just couldn't get over the hump with him. So that's what I'm going to say with DeBoer. I'm going to say he'll get him to one uh, conference finals. It'll be an upset in the making with somebody. I don't know. Probably as a wild card. Maybe he goes through the West. So you're saying uh, and, you're saying around? Yeah, I said around. Yeah, he He's put up do it. graphic oh. before. All right. Oh, I, oh, sorry. I did it. There it is. No, you did. Okay. Anthony, you um, go. No, again, Hart, I mean, does he coach there five-plus years? You know, You never know. I mean – I mean, beer, I guess, um, you know, Dallas is set up in goal. Um, I like Jay Gottinger a lot, actually. I think, uh, I think he's going to be a really good goalie. Um, you know, R- Jason Robertson, Rope Hints, um, you know, Heiskanen, um, they got, they got some good pieces. I mean, Ben and Sagan obviously have fallen off. Um, eventually they, you know, might have to make decisions on them going, you know, next couple of years, but, um, you know, Klinberg probably going to leave in free agency. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't see them getting to a conference final in the next year or two. But then again, you know, you, you never know. I learned in this league, anything can happen. One day you can be on top, and the next day you could be on bottom the following year. So, um, 
I mean, they got some good core pieces there, but I, I wouldn't classify them as a contender uh, in the next couple of years here. So, um, I, like I said, I'll, I'll stick with beer. Okay. Phil. I want to say shot. I do. Um, because I just – I don't see things getting better in Dallas. Um, Anthony talked about Tyler Sagan and Jamie Benn. Like, what's up with Tyler Sagan? Like, Tyler Sagan has not been himself for a while. Um, Jamie Benn is obviously in the downside of his career, and he's terribly overpaid. That contract needs to be moved. John Klingberg is not coming back. Joe Pavelski had a renaissance year, maybe even the best year of his career at at his very old age of 37. So – I mean, usually that 37, 38 age. Yeah, I saw the look in your face, Mark. <laughs> Seven but, years old. Adam. Yeah. But um, is Joe Pavelski going to have another year like that at that age? Usually the age, like that 37 to 38 age, Mark, is where players start really falling down in terms of production. The good part about Pavelski is that he plays a game that relies a lot on smarts and not a lot on physical traits. And, and, and a talent uh, in, in deflecting the puck down into the net and everything. But I don't know. I, I've got to say shot here because I, they have some good young pieces, but they're going to lose a lot of pieces, and a lot of pieces on their team are currently going to start to decline very soon. So, uh, I, I again, you talk about shelf lives with Peter DeBoer. I, I, I think that he doesn't outlast his shelf life to end up getting the chance to get them to a conference final. So that that's why I'm going to say shot. Um, who lasts longer, Pete DeBoer in Dallas or John Tortorella in Philly? Pete DeBoer in Dallas. <laughs> Anthony, uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go Torts. I think he fits <laughs> the Flyers to a T. Everything about him. I can't wait to see his press conferences. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I I just don't like the idea of. A, of a very young team like that and a real headstrong, hard-ass coach like Tortorella turning a lot of those offensive guys into shot blockers and defensive players and stuff like that. Yeah, sure, that might breed winning hockey, but if you start to see guys that you thought were going to be 30 to 40 goal scorers or maybe close to point-per-game players turn into 50-point players, maybe 60-point players at best, when does management turn around and say, hey, we expected more out of these guys offensively and you're the reason why they're being limited the way that they are? That's really the discussion I think that ends up happening in Philadelphia after a bit. And that's usually what ends up getting Tortorella thrown out the door, that and his relationships with players. So, so um, and by the way, I just can't wait until he has to answer questions on Rasmus versus the line. That's just going to be right there. All right, last one for you guys. Anthony, I'm oh, we'll start oh, with oh, you on this. Hold on, hold on. Before we go forward with that, because we're on the topic of Tortorella, did any one of you see Brandon Dubinsky's tweet? Yeah, yeah. prayers for – he had first to Philadelphia Flyer players. Yeah. I, I do have to both laugh about it from all angles because he goes prayers for the Flyers players, and it's a great picture of him just kind of just kind of looking off into the distance as towards his, in his ear. But on the other hand, Tortorella really made Dubinsky's career. I mean, both as a Ranger and then really as a Columbus Blue Jacket. Because then he became a matchup center that uh, – he, he, he was great with Columbus 
for the role that was in. But Anthony, I was going to start with you on this one. And word is we're going to have a decision by July 1st of Barry Trotz will end up in Winnipeg. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go beer. Uh, I think at this point, that's the most logical place for him. I've heard, you know, whispers of Boston, but um, I, I'm not quite sure that's going to materialize. Uh, and the important thing to remember here is a lot of people saying Barry Trotz doesn't have to coach this year. He's not, he's not in any position to, to be forced to well, feel like he's forced to continue coaching. He could take a year off. People have said that he wants to get into management. Um, you know, Elliot Friedman referenced last week that he did indeed buy a house in Nashville and, you know, linked the possibility of maybe, you know, he goes to there and ends up in management at some point. Um, so I don't know. He's going to take his time. Um, you know, I know he he was in the mix with Philly there, but I heard that he had declined. Um, so, that's just, so he's not just going to take any position. Um, I do think Winnipeg, if you connect the dots, he's from there, might be a good fit. But um, I don't think it's a, a certainty. But I will say if he decides to coach this season, I do think it probably will be Winnipeg. Uh, so I'll go beer. Phil. I want to say round, but it, it, I screw it. I'm going to go round. Okay. I'm going to go round. It, it, I just think that it, it's it's a perfect fit. He's from there. They need a good coach. They need a they need a coach that's going to get the net, the best out of this core. Uh, unless they decide to move Mark Shifley and decide to try to retool with this, because I, I know they're going to have some cap concerns. But uh, if they want to keep everything and kind of like retool on the fly and, and just add some pieces, or if they want to go for it, Barry Trotz is actually the guy to bring in because he can help get that team to that next level. And he knows how to win. He's a proven winner. So um, I'm, I'm going to say round here. I'm going to go beer. I'm still pretty confident he's going to end up there. But again, the hard part about it is, is, is he going to end up there or are other teams going to make a play, uh, a plea for him? What about the Florida Panthers? Florida Panthers could easily just go, Barry, come on down, teach these guys a little bit of defense and there's, and they're a Stanley cup winner. And obviously we got so much stuff that we're going to be covering with the Panthers in a minute, but there's Markov there. Yeah. Well, I mean, well, the best defensive forward in the league, but. There's there's other guys they need to they need to get them to play a little bit more defense, but um, the question is, or is Andrew Burnett really their guy? It, it's there there are the questions that are out there right now, so we're going to be seeing about that soon. By the way, everybody, thanks for joining us on Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk. Don't forget, by the way, to check out Manscaped.com. And when you go to Manscaped.com, as we got those two razors right up here. You will, and you enter the code BAH, you'll get 20% off and free shipping. Go do that right now. Go do it and then shave your gones. So, um, don't know where I was going with that one. Like, I just went with the break with gones. That's just what came out. Can't really help that one. That's uh, so uh, I gotta tell you guys this story. Oh my god, and, and ask you this. So, a friend of mine last. Uh, last week when the Rangers got knocked out by Tampa Bay, literally as it happened, walked up to the bar, uh, friend James, big Islander fan. And he just says to me, Hey Mark, I've been through this before. You guys losing seven games next year. And at first 
And at first I stopped and I'm just like, uh, you know what? Thanks. That, thanks for that. But it got funnier the longer away I got for this. So here's my discussion topic for you guys. If I could tell you your team loses in game seven of the conference finals the next year. And Anthony, since you've already been through this before, but you're guaranteed there, would you take it? I mean, I mean, what, what, I mean, I guess, I mean, cause what's the alternative, like not making the playoffs or whatever. I mean, so I guess you have to, you have to take it. Well, you so. could always, you, you're guaranteed to lose in game seven. You can win the cup. You can always not make the playoffs. Yeah. So, so I mean, it's a little bit silly. Obviously you're going to take that then if that's the case, but um, you know, listen, it was, I mean, it was tough. I mean, like I said, uh, you know, when they lost in the bubble in six games, like when the rematch came about, you know, you kind of say to yourself, you know, okay, well, what are the odds they lose to the same team again? And that's kind of like, I think the mindset a lot of people would have if, if their team is in that situation, you just expect it to go differently. Um, but that's not always the case. And just because you lost to the same team prior year doesn't mean you can't lose again. And that's ultimately what happened. But, um, you know, it, it was, it was a fun ride and it was, it was, it was good. And, you know, you guys kind of experienced that this, this year with seeing the Rangers playing again. But um, if that happened, you guys next year, the Rangers again next year, um, you, you, honestly, you feel even worse because then now you lost tw two years in a row to the same team and got a game further. Um, you know, that was, that was, so that was tough. That was tough, I think, for, for Islander fans and um, for any team that loses to the same team two years in a row. So, um, but again, consider the alternative and you know, they're gonna, of course you're going to take it because like, you don't want to miss the playoffs. So, um, I mean, it's a, it's a simple answer, but well, gamble. that's what it is. Do you want to gamble winning it all? Or do you want to just say, yeah. Hey, I want to go to the, I want to go to the Eastern conference finals. And I mean, the, the most, the most difficult thing about it was that, you know, in the Islanders case, the second year they lost a one, I mean, they lost a one nothing game and gave up a shorthanded goal, which was very uncharacteristic of them. I mean, the that belief, was the only kind of goal they gave up all year. Yeah, yeah, correct. The belief going into that game, I think, was that you know maybe it was the Islanders' time. Uh, you know, in that in that game, it was a game uh, game four game when, Ryan, when when no, well, game six obviously oh. sent in overtime. But in game four, when Ryan Pollock made that that game, that's you know essentially season saving save at the end there, you kind of. You know, you kind of feel like, you know, well, maybe the, the luck is on the Islanders' side here. And then Beauvillier scores in overtime to send it to game seven. Um, but, you know. <laughs> and, then, and then being down to nothing as well. Yeah. In game oh, seven. yeah, in that game, yeah. Yeah, so, um, I don't know. I kind of I kind of lost a lot of – like, I don't hate Tampa Bay. Obviously, after they lost that game seven, I had a lot of hatred for them. I mean, now I, you know, I really don't. It is what it is. It's kind of how I feel about Tom Brady. I used to hate the guy, but then he wins so much, you have to respect him. And that's what I really feel about Tampa Bay Lightning right now. <laughs> so, um, but getting tired of seeing them in the Stanley Cup Finals three years in a row. I would like to see a different team. Yeah, I think this is actually might be the last gasp, but that's a different story. Phil, your thoughts. Would you be? Would you take a guarantee game seven loss in the third round then, over a possibility of winning or not making the playoffs at all? I'm going to gamble. I'm going to gamble. It, it just, you know what? It, why, why do I want to know that they're going to lose? Like it just, 
it's almost like watching a wrestling match when you know when you have like spoilers like you know the match is going to happen you're like sure it could be a great match still you know the two the two wrestlers could go out there and put on an absolute all-time classic match but um i i would rather just i would rather gamble i would you know and and here here's the converse to it who the hell thought the rangers were going to do this right who the hell thought the Rangers were going to do that? So, I mean, it's that old adage about uh, that's why they play the games. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so beautiful to just watch sports, uh, despite the fact that I, I'll get people to tell me, yeah, you know, all sports are rigged. They're like, nah, they are they? Are they? That's, that's about it on that one. All right. Anthony, what news do you got going on around the league? Uh, Kevin Week said uh, said before that the Oilers have signed Jay Woodcroft to an a uh, to a three year extension. So um, any speculation about the Oilers having a vacancy or a different coach is, is that book's closed. Uh, Woodcroft will be back behind the Oilers bench next season. All right. Well, first, you know, good for Jay Woodcroft. I thought he did a great job for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, yeah I yeah, thought he did too. Yeah, I mean, by the way, and that also puts another quality coach on the market, Dave Tippett, uh, who has won basically everywhere he's ever been, Dallas, even Arizona. He won in Arizona. (laughs) That's the best way to sometimes describe him. Um, But, you know, Woodcroft, and it looks like he might be getting what Edmonton needs to get. Anthony, here's a great question. Sorry, finish your thought first. They need... They need goaltending. I mean, no, Koskinen's gone. We know that. He signed overseas. Uh, Mike Smith has a year left on his contract. I know the, when they got eliminated as media session, he kind of kind of left the door open of possibly maybe retiring. So who knows if he'll be back. But um, even if he is going to be back, you got to get a starting goalie. You can't have Mike Smith uh, as the starter again. So the Oilers really have to try for to trade for John Gibson. Um, I mean, they could go to Jack Campbell. I mean, he maybe he's good enough to stabilize them and give you know McDavid and Drysaddle a chance to win in a cup. Um, I would say Varlamov, but reports were that he already vetoed a trade to Edmonton, so I don't know if he's an option. Um, but they they need to do something uh, to take the next step. Yeah, and like that's the number one thing every GM obviously has to answer all the time. But the Oilers really have to do that. Because the next question I have for you is, is their goal now? Did they raise the bar on themselves too high? Now you got to yeah, make the Western Conference Finals. Of course, if you may, if you go to the Western Conference Finals, you you wanna you wanna get over that hump um, the following year. You know, you know a lot of players that lose in the Stanley Cup Final. Uh, well, yeah, that too. But losing the Western Conference, Eastern Conference Final, um, they say they always say the cliche is like. They're going to remember the feeling that they had and use that as motivation to make sure they don't feel that way, you know, again next season. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as the Islanders experienced, they said that when they lost in the bubble and then they lost again. So you could you could say that and use that as motivation doesn't mean it's always going to happen. So, um, yeah, you, know, for you, the you Oilers, don't always run into a team like Tampa Bay on the cusp yeah. of the dynasty. So, yeah, that's the other thing, too. So for the Oilers, yeah, of course, they want to take the next step. Um, I'm sure McDavid and Drysaddle are really hungry to get even further, um, but they're going to be—they're going to need better goaltending. Um, 
and I don't know if this is sarcastic. It, it absolutely is a bad choice for the Oilers. Gorgiev is—he's not—he's not a a good starting goalie. He's—he's he's just he's just not. I that think Gorgiev is exposed when he plays yeah. more than yeah. twenty games, twenty-five I, I would, games. I would say you know Mike Smith would be the worst option again for the Oilers. Gorgiev would be the second worst option. I mean, there's um, there's I'm I'm going to disagree with you on one thing. Because I think the worst option, fortunately, took himself out of the mix. It was Koskinen. Koskinen was not I, – I, I know, again, I, I've had some whipping boys on this show whether that we've done it throughout time. But Miko Koskinen, there are times where I thought I could score a goal on him, and I haven't <laughs> shot a puck in the last uh, four months so or three months, whatever it is. But it's just – he just – he's a guy when he's off his angles, my goodness, he is just yeah. – off in every way. And I think that's Ed, Edmonton, Toronto, Montreal, uh, I guess to a lesser extent, Ottawa, it seems like uh, uh, Forsberg is going to be their goalie there. It, but it's just, I mean, how is this goalie market going to shake up? That's one of the things that you have to ask the question. Well, on. I mean, I, my, my guess is that, Kemper, I'm 50-50 on. I I think the Avalanche feel that. I mean, it also depends how the rest of this. I mean, if if Kemper plays well from here on out, and is you know one of the reasons they win a cup, maybe they look to re-sign him. But I mean, my my gut right now says that the Avalanche may opt for Jack Campbell um, and try a different option. Uh, so I, I think kind of like like the coaching carousel. I think you're gonna see a goalie carousel. I think you may see Campbell. Let's say end up in Colorado. You know, maybe maybe Kemper ends up in you know Toronto or or maybe you know Buffalo needs goaltending. So you know maybe Buffalo gets Jack Campbell or, or Darcy Kemper. Um, you know New Jersey. There's a report that they're you know they kind of lost faith in Mackenzie Blackwood and he could be moved and you know they'll need goaltending. Um, you know, so it's 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 going to be interesting to see it sh- how it shakes out. But uh, I would say it's imperative going back to the Oilers that they get they get a different option uh, again, whether it be Campbell, Kemper, uh, you know, Gibson. Gibson's the best option. Well, he's the best option right he, out of all the goalies available. He's the best goalie available by far. Yeah, I mean, Darcy Kemper is right there, and he's uh, obviously a hell of a player. But it's 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 always an injury question with him, and then if you open it up too much, does he get exposed? Because at times with the Avalanche, he's looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. At times he's looked meh. Yeah. Um. And we've seen what he's been doing in the playoffs so far. He, but again, we'll just look at the Stanley Cup Finals. It, it goes period to period with him sometimes. Where he looks good in the first period versus uh, Tampa Bay, no. then he looked bad in the second period, then great in the right. third, and then great in game two, and then okay in game game three. But also, by the way, like I said, I'm not blaming Darcy Kemper for game three, I, as I've said before. But it's the, the goalie carousel is just going to be so interesting, and I think that's where I think the Rangers might end up uh, with a decent backup. But Alexander Georgiev, I don't think is the answer to anybody's questions. Yeah. Uh, maybe Anaheim. Maybe you could send him to Anaheim when uh, John Gibson is moved. John Gibson is moved. And um, maybe he gets a, a something going there. But uh, I, 
I think um, I'll I'll talk about Roma Roman Cello's comment there on Verlamov in a minute. But um, you know, before while we were in Bar Talk, uh, someone mentioned Bobrovsky, and that and that's another kink to this goalie carousel because. You know, Thanks, because we were at to talk about that. You know, the, the $10 million cap hit's going to be a deterrent. And this, the, for sure, I would say a team's going to have to retain salary. Um, but Borowski moving can can kind of shift the power, so to speak. I mean, a team like Toronto, I mean, even with retaining salary, Bobrovsky's probably too rich for them. Um, but maybe a team like New Jersey. New Jersey has a ton of cap space. Uh, Bobrovsky's certainly an upgrade over Blackwood. They can afford... They could afford to take on actually the majority of his salary. I know they probably wouldn't want to, but they could. Um, and Bobrovsky would help New Jersey in goal. But that's the point. You know, Bobrovsky moving, again, that 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 changes things as well. So um, we'll have to see how that plays out. And going to this comment about Verlamov, I agree that he could be a big prize. I agree that they move him. The only thing I disagree with is that he referenced – eat $2 million. The Islanders don't have to eat $2 million on Simeon Varlama. $5 million for a for a starting goalie is these days is is basically nothing. I mean, it's basically nothing. Let's just face it. It's different when, yeah. you, when it's their backup. So they won't have to eat any salary on Simeon Varlama. If a team like Edmonton, who's desperate for goaltending, they would, you know, gladly take that, take that contract. You know, they don't. So the point is the Islanders don't have to retain any salary on him. Um, you know, there will be teams that just that give up a second round pick for him. Cause that's what I think he's worth a second and a prospect, but well, he, he um, does mention though, if they t- retain some salary, they could yeah, possibly get a hall and yes, hall was in capital letters. They, they could get, they could get more, but for the Islanders, the pro, you know, the, the priority is to shed his salary completely. Cause you know, they're yeah. going to be, they're going to be big game hunting. So they want all five. And, of them and I think that's that's one thing the Islanders want to do this year. They want to try to get as much cap space as they can. They have a ton of cap space for them, for, for a team that's outside the playoffs looking in. Uh, that's going to be a conversation we're going to have, by the way, during the summer, non-playoff teams to be worried about in, these, in, the, in the next season. But it's um, – you, you look at what Bob Rosky has done, and again, Anthony, I go back to this. There are certain contracts I've looked at when the news is broke and just went, that's a bad contract. And uh, for baseball fans, Jacoby Ellsbury to the Yankees was one of them. And uh, that's the one that always comes to mind. And the Bobrovsky contract with Florida, I thought was a good deal. And I say that like this with an upwards inflection. But the other thing that factored in is, they drafted Spencer Knight. Yeah. What are I, you doing? What are you? What did they think they were going to do a one A one B combo? Eventually, yeah. it just you don't draft a franchise goalie and then go all right. But we got this other guy. Let's sign him to a ten million dollar deal. Oh, oh yeah, I, I yeah that that was a bad move by Florida. I think everyone knew the minute that was the ink was dry in that contract that it was going to be a highly questionable decision to to make. Was, um, what was Talon doing? I I don't you know. Again, I, I guess it's because listen, as as good as Knight is and and how he's being was is being hyped, you, you ultimately don't know if he's going to pan out. So I guess it was protection in the case that you know Knight simply didn't pan out. But still, with a seven year deal, handing protection? ten million dollars out to him is uh you know bit him in the ass a lot quicker than I thought it was going to. Um, so again, you know that's that's you know that's going to be tough for him to for them to move him. It it is. Um, I'm going to give you 
I'm going to give you three goalie contracts. This is number one, seven years, uh, or was it eight? It wasn't eight years. No, it wasn't seven years, $10 million per. Okay. Carrie price seven years. And it was uh 10.5 million. Uh, and Henry Glundquist at 8.5 for seven years. Would you ever give a goalie seven years any ever again? Yes. Okay. When? Yeah, I would. All right. Um, I mean, so I guess let's say let's say the equivalent of um oh well use use Philip Forsberg. He's an elite free agent. If there was an elite free agent like him that was a goalie that hit the market, yeah, I, I would I would give I would give like for instance if if um you know if a uh, Igor Shosturkin or Ilya Sorokin or or Vasilevsky if a guy like that came up to unrestricted free agency, you know, and they're 27 years old, then yeah, I would give that seven year contract out. I know Bobrovsky hit, you know, had won two Vesnas. So I guess you could say, well, you know, isn't that the same thing? You can make that argument, but it's different. I mean, Bobrovsky as good as he is for a couple of seasons. He's also kind of erratic sometimes. So up and down. So yeah, I, I just thought that was a, a poor, a poor choice. And um, Alex, just to say this, I know, I know what they were saying right there, but still, you look at the goalie's timetable: three, about at least three years to develop a goaltender before sending him over. That's still it's a seven-year deal. I mean, mm-hmm. that's and it's committing ten million dollars to a guy. You basically made Sergey Bobrovsky untradeable. I love, by the way, Anthony, when they do that. They go, uh, "Yeah, I want a ten million dollar contract and a no trade clause." Yeah. Don't worry, the ten million dollar contract is the no trade clause. So it's just now. Th- th- uh, this, is a, this is a fair point. Yes, in that in that situation, I I would I I would do that. Um, Hands down, the Islanders would do that. Yeah, and I I think I think Nylander is the guy. I think Nylander is the guy to move because they're not moving Matthews. They're not moving Marner. Tavares is pretty much immovable because of his contract. So if they want to switch things up, Nylander is the realistic guy to go. So, but we'll, we'll yeah. see what happens there. Um, I understand what you're saying with this one. I'm not sure about that, Anthony. Would you say Anders Lee is untradeable? Um, well, seven million dollars. He's their captain. Um, I I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's untradeable, but it's like it's very very unlikely to the point. It's not even worth talking about. It's just yeah. Uh, you know, Lou, I kind of got to agree with that one. Lou's big on culture. Um, you know, Lee is is a great captain. He's a leader. Uh, class acts off the ice. Um, he personifies everything Lou wants in a player. So yeah, he I he basically is untradeable. And by the way, as Mike brought up right here, it's not fair uh, having Ben Waller. He makes garbage goalies look serviceable and great goalies look phenomenal. So that's right there with that. Um, Nylander, though, I mean, you're talking about a guy, I think he had 82 points this year, if I recall correctly, top of my head. Um, but he's, is it just like, you ever look at him and just think what's missing when it comes to him? Nylander? Yeah. Yeah, his 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 work ethic and, you know, him competing on a night-to-night basis. Sometimes he's a little too soft. The, the skill is there. I mean, he's got immense offensive skill. I just think that's the only area that, that he lacks. Yeah. 
So, um, and, and maybe it's that I have an affinity to uh, Anders Lee because he's one of those guys I would take him on my team. But by the way, I think Anders Lee only has like uh, one year left on his deal, right? Who? Anders Lee? No. He signed a no, seven. Many- he signed. He signed a long term extension in 2018. Sorry, 2019. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I thought it was. I thought it was only like a five year deal. That's what. That's no, what it was, was long term. Yeah. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. By the way, that's another thing you have to worry about. Guys that are that physical, like him, you got to worry about their bodies breaking down. And um. And by the way, let, let me let me go through your th- through a little bit of your list. Because Anthony, we're going to have Anthony's predictions for free agents uh, eventually up, uh, hopefully soon enough on um, on a Big Apple Hockey podcast. But what's what's one of the big name free agents that you threw out that was a little bit of a surprise to you? But like in- you when you were doing your list, what was one yeah. that you said? Because I see you got one name on there. I think it makes sense. I think all yours makes sense. But like you got where Nazem Kadri is going. Did yes. that one shock you at all? When Boston? No. Yeah. No. Um, all right. Why do you got him going Boston? Patrice Patrice Bergeron is, you know, a question mark of if he's going to play again. Um, they they sorely need better center depth. And I feel like Kadri fits what the Boston Bruins style is. You know, they're – they're defense oriented. They're physical. Um, they impose their will on you, um, and they need a little bit more skill. I think he's the perfect fit for them. Nick Paul to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yes. Yep. Um, again, the Maple Leafs. As we've been saying for years, I mean, it was better this year, but they still need. They still need some more depth. They still need that type of, you know. I mean, Pierre Engvall and, and those guys and, you know, David Camp that they find, they're, they're cheap, good options, but they need that element that the Lightning had, um, you know, last year with, with that third line of Coleman, Gaudreau, uh, et cetera. And Nick Paul is that type of player that they're missing. So, uh, again, Tampa Bay is not going to be able to afford to keep Palat and Paul. Um, so I, I think Toronto – is the perfect destination for Nick Paul. All right. John Klingberg, you have going to the Detroit Red Wings. Um, you know, he's, he's a player that I think fits perfectly. Um, aside from most cider, uh, Detroit's defense, um, is lacking, you know, Klingberg, uh, can be an alternate to cider on the power play. Uh, he can move the puck. Well, um, and Steve Eisman can help, you know, slowly start to be a real competitive team again. Um, and also, you got to remember those those Swedes have a history of of going and enjoying playing in Detroit. Um, you know, Nick Lidstrom, I think, could have influence there on him. Uh, the Detroit has a lot of cap space to give him the money that he's worth. So I, I think that's a perfect fit for him. Now. No surprise on Johnny Gaudreau. That's the Philadelphia Flyers. That's what everyone is predicting. Um, yeah. By the way, uh, is it July 13th? Is free agent frenzy? July 13th, noon. July 13th. Um, so we're now, only- the, Gaudreau, the Gaudreau one, I, I, I actually struggled on because 
you know, I a couple of weeks ago I gave you that that list that the Haley Salvin, the Flames beat writer, five teams that can land them. The Islanders were included in that. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. That's why I kind of asked Ryan Miller about his thoughts on Gaudreau. I mean, at this point, he's what, Mark? Uh, July 13th is how many weeks? Is that like three weeks away? Is it a month? It's three weeks away, top by head. I think it's because. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, 20th birthday. Yeah, three weeks away. At this point, you've come, like, you didn't negotiate during the season. You're three weeks away of being able to see what else is out there. I can't see Gaudreau at this point re signing with Calgary um, before the 13th. He could pull Stamkos. He, he could get to the end, see what's out there, and go back to Calgary. But I think he's going to test the free agent market. Um, and the reason why I give pause on Philly is Torrell is the coach now. Does Gaudreau, mm-hmm. you know, want to play for a coach like him who's tough, def- defensive-oriented? He might not. Um, Considering he's coming from it right now. Yeah. And then, too, in that article from Sullivan, she actually said that New Jersey might be the best choice for him being that he was from – granted, he's closer to Philly, but he was from New Jersey. They have a lot of cap space. They're a young, upcoming team. So I don't know. I mean, Gaudreau, my my gut my gut is say it's going to come down to three teams. I, I think he's either going to be a flyer, a devil, or you know he's going to be a New York Islander. Um, I think those are I think those are the three most realistic options for him. Um, yeah, that's that's it's I think. I think those are the three. You said that the the Flyers, the Devils, the Islanders. Yeah, those, that's because again, I think the Islanders are closer to competing. I think the Devils still. You, you don't are. know what's going on with the Devils. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're if you're an outsider, um, if you're an outsider, well, I shouldn't say an outsider. I meant to, if so. If you're if you're Gaudreau and you're the player and you look at it and you're comparing the the I, let's say the Islanders and Devils. Okay, so. Your Long Island's still not that far from from South Jersey. What three three hour car ride? Um, beautiful new building, a beautiful practice facility at Northwell. Much closer to competing than New Jersey. You know, back to back conference final trips. You know, Big Lou as the general manager. Um, you know, then you have you have a elite shutdown pair in in Pelic and Pollock. You have. You know, for my money, top three goaltender in the league, you know, Matt Barzell. So there's a lot more. I think the Islanders are a more attractive team. I, I get, I, I can see you can make the case that New Jersey um, has a bright future too with Hughes and Heeshear. Um, Alexander Holes, who was a first round pick a couple of years ago, is going to be a good one. Then the second one, Mercer. So I get it. But I still think if you compare the two, the Islanders are closer. But yeah, those, those are the three teams I think. Um, and core, uh, you're going to get July 1st back next season. Gary Bettman said that the league's going to get back on the, uh, on the, um, on the calendar. Um, yeah. so Mark, at this point, you might as well keep going. What are, what other picks I, that I put? Oh, down? no, no. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to go into what D says, which is, he says he thinks Malkin is out of Pittsburgh and Trocek is going to go in. Anthony LaRocco says Trocek is going to. Man, I actually forget what I summed these. <laughs> but so what, did I say? Uh, I, did I say Florida? Nope. No, I didn't say Florida. I said nope. Um, still red. What? Still red. Capitals. You said the Washington yes. Capitals. Yes. Yeah. Right. Thanks for refreshing my memory on my own pick. Um, you know, <laughs> I did that because uh, this was before 
Backstrom's surgery came out, but it was reported that he was going to have surgery and be out for a long time. Uh, he's going to be put on LTIR. The Capitals are going to have a lot of cap space. Um, and I think because of that, they, they'll have a big Vincent Trocek-sized hole in the middle of their lineup from Backstrom being out. And I think Trocek would fit in would fit in easily and seamlessly. Um, but, I mean, Ely's on to something, too. I mean, Pit, Trocek's from Pittsburgh, so if by some chance Malkin didn't go there, it could fit. But I, I, I have a hard time believing Malkin playing anywhere else. It's it's so hard to picture that. And a matter of fact, I know guys like to go somewhere and just play uh, at home at the end of their career or something like that. But you know what? I don't know. I, I don't think I don't think Trocek's going anywhere. I just I just don't. Uh, and by the way, Mr. Sintastic said before, really, guys, you have this amazing show while I'm working and he's laughing and I can't help but go. Yeah. Um by the way, Anthony, this is going to be so great in a second. Uh, by the way, Mr. Fantastic, I can't wait for that riveting finale of Obi-Wan. So it's just that, that that show is really limping to the end when you had fallen order. You could have mm-hmm. done that like that. Tommy Smith has said, I'm wondering who would be a great trade partner for center depth for the New York Rangers. Uh, if let's say they trade one of their three prospects, Jones, Nils, or Robinson, Statboy Steven always thinks it's LA. I actually think LA would be a good partner for the Rangers because the guys you just mentioned are guys that are always um, that are already developed, so they could always do that. I don't think Velarde goes anywhere now, so uh, maybe. And maybe I, I also, I also don't believe. I mean, LA kind of was another team that no one expected to really make the playoffs this year, um, so they're they're not really rebuilding anymore, but they're still looking ahead to the future. LA has no reason to trade Turcotte for uh, for defensemen. I know they can maybe use defense more than offense when it comes to young prospects, but I don't see the need for them to do it. So I don't I don't see LA trading Turcotte at this point. I, I don't I don't see it happening. Um, I will say if the Rangers, let's say, don't re-sign Cop, don't re-sign Strom, and they miss out on Trocheck and they look for and they look for a trade. Uh, Shifley is a name that always said if he's available, um, would be a viable option. Um, or maybe sign Nazem Kadri if they could afford it somehow. Which, Mark, I showed you that cap team I put together a week ago, and it's ugly yes. for the Rangers. It's ugly. It's it's ugly. Yeah, it is. It, it is. It is ugly, and that's why they need to make sure that they trade Patrick Nemeth and not yeah. buy him out. <laughs> um, Anthony, I can't wait for this for this comment. But Core Python came back with, where do you have Strom going and why is it Ottawa? Core, uh, Anthony <laughs> made this prediction. Ryan Strom is going where, Anthony? The Ottawa Senators. Bing. How, how, how'd you know, Core? You, you, you're, you're in my head. Um, <laughs> why? Uh, so, kind of twofold. The Ottawa Senators are a young rebuilding team. They got some good pieces. Josh Norris is a hell of a player. Drake Batherson, Stutzla, uh, Shabbat is their anchor back on D. Um, they are a team on the rise. However, in the meantime, they still need kind of like placeholders like Ryan Strom. They have a lot of cap space. Um, so Strom is a player that could help them in the short term 
you know, be even more competitive. So I just think it's a fit. I don't think Strom is worth, you know, six, six and a half million dollars, but I feel like Ottawa can afford to give it to him. Um, so again, they pick up a piece that can help them in the short term uh, and not while not sacrificing their future. Um, now, Romanello, they need to be careful about overpaying. It's going to be a race to see who offers seven times uh, 10.5 and then who goes over 11. Uh, is that for uh, – that's got to be for Johnny Gaudreau. They, they, I don't think anybody else could even get to that salary threshold. Right, Anthony? Yeah, Forsberg might – you know, he could probably get nine or so, maybe even a tad more. But, yeah, that's got to be about Gaudreau. Um, if Malkin left Pittsburgh, do you think he goes to – the Detroit Red Wings. No. Okay. Because still having trouble not um, and just seeing him leave Pittsburgh, right? Can't put it's him in just, a different jersey, right? If 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 he did leave Pittsburgh, then I agree with Ely. I think Trocek then would go to Pittsburgh. And I already said I think at that point, you know, Malkin might join his friend Obi with Backstrom on LTIR and go play in Washington with Ovechkin. Um, there's two great questions that we got coming in right now. Uh, and then I want to go back to some of your predictions on your goaltending situations, uh, Anthony, but, uh, first up, by the way, core said, Anthony, I'm in your head <laughs> and I know That's you're coming. saying you're at Mark Hall already. That's Mr. Coming. Fantastic. Going right back to this one. Do you guys think that some team is going to force the Rangers hand with Kako and sign him to an offer sheet? I'm going to get your opinion before I say no. I'd be surprised. I, I don't see some team going out of their way to give an offer sheet to Kako, who's still, I mean, unproven at this point. I don't, I mean, I just, I just don't see it. Uh, I'm going to go with, I really don't see it because first off, again, we, we talked about uh, KK, Yasperi uh, Kakaniemi, and that he was sort of in a, in a position where this team had history. The thing I also would have to say with that is that uh, Carolina sort of had a need. Now, by the way, I also don't think he's living up to that contract right now because they signed him to an extension. But the hard part also with that is, it, realistically speaking with Kako, what would that offer sheet be that would have to lure him off? If you're going to offer sheet him, you'd have to go at least to, I'm going to say $4 million at least. And then Kako's going to want to have to leave there because, remember, restricted free agents – Kako might be looking at the New York Rangers and going, hey, you know, I want to be here to build this thing, and I, I got my friends here, and I want to win. The New York Rangers just finished in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's very uh, very likely, but there's, there's, there's reasons why Kako might not want to even sign that offer sheet. And if the Rangers do take it, let's say if somebody does offer them and force the hand, the Rangers are going to get assets back that they're going to use to – to trade for a different piece. So it, it could only everything that's going to only help with that, but I don't see Kako going anywhere. I don't, I don't foresee that in any way. Now, Jalen, right after that. Uh, and by the way, Hey Jalen, um, what's the sharks cap situation? And Anthony, I'm going to look this up right now, but if I recall correctly, the San Jose sharks, the best answer for that is ouch. Is there, <laughs> is there, um, well, there's been, situation. there's, there's been some chatter that 
they would, if possible, they, they would look to move Brent Burns or Eric Carlson. Um, and I, I feel like that might, I feel like that might be hard to do. You know, Carlson um, isn't the player that he used to be. Um, he's got a lot of term left on his contract and his AAV is pretty high. Um, you know, Brent Burns is what, 37, 38 years old, making, I believe, yep. like top headmark eight, eight million dollars or so. Um, so again, moving him might be a little difficult, uh, but that's how they would really improve their cap situation because they're not going to move Logan Couture. I mean, Timo Meyer and, and Tomas Hurdle are their, are their, you know, long-term fixtures on their team. And Timo Meyer's only got one more year on his contract, but so, he does have an RFA status right after that. So I would say their best chance is moving Burns or Carlson. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it. Well, both of them have uh, Burns. Uh, Carlson's got full no trade protection or no move protection. And Burns has got a modified no trade protection. Now Burns is making $8 million for yeah. the next uh Three seasons, I think. Yeah, for a guy his age, that's not really good. And and as I said, the no trade clause and full no trade clause for Eric Carlson is eleven point five. There is word that and that they might shop, trying to get him to move that no trade clause. And um, I, I, there's just there's a lot to, to say with that one. I don't, yeah. I don't know if you're, if you're ever going to move that contract because the most salary you can retain is 50%. That's correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Correct. So even at six point, uh, sorry, uh, 5.75 million. I'm not sure if I want Eric Carlson no. even right now. I agree. So that, that's one thing. And like you said before, you got a lot of guys like uh, you, they, they, they doubled down on hurdle. for the next eight years. That kicks in next year. Um, That has no problem with hurdles. Hurdles a fantastic player. Yeah. You had to keep him. You don't want, you don't want him going to, to free agency. That is true. You didn't want him to go into the free agency, but it's just one of those things. I I just, I mean, maybe by the time they're three years from now, they might be out of salary cap hell. They only have $5 million available right now on their projected cap, according to Cap Friendly. And I'm, I'm looking, they got a ton of RFAs, but how many of them really matter? I mean, Jonathan Dolan does matter because I think he's one of their yep. young prospects because he had a pretty good, and Mario Ferraro was, had a pretty good season. Yeah, too. you know, the, the Sharks, they surprised me a little bit where they, they, they hung on and, and kind of competed for a lot. I mean, they were in a playoff spot at one point, so they. I thought, you know, they were they were a lot better than I thought they'd be. So, um, you know, they, they. I think they're they're a couple of years away, but um, the Sharks are a team that usually figure it out. Yeah, um, and, and, um, where, where where did I have um, uh, where did I have Andre Borkowski going? Why don't you tell everybody? Oh, actually, you know what? Hold on, let's get a little bit of a drum roll for this one. Anthony has Andre Boroskovsky to the New York Islanders because that'll be with his former uh, assistant coach that was in. Uh, yeah, Lambert was yeah. an assistant coach with yes. there, right? Washington, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, in Washington, and a lot of where, a lot of where do you see him though on the Islanders? What? Where do you see him on the Islanders? Playing with Matt Barzell. Um. So a lot of Islander fans naturally, you 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 want 
you want that big fish. You know, I, like I said, I think they are going to be in for Gaudreau. Um, I think they are going to be, you know, in for Forsberg if he reaches free agency. Um, everyone will want them to get the brink at. But, you know, just being realistic, I don't know if that's going to happen. But so that's why I think Borkowski is a nice fallback option. Um, 60 point player, can score goals, can skate. Um, will, you know, only cost about five, six million dollars. Uh, so I, I think I think he's going to be a reasonable option in free agency for for the Islanders. Um, so while it's not Goudreau, Forsberg, Debrinket, he is a good player. And also the key to this, Mark, is there's another certain player that's not a free agent but a trade target that I have complimenting him. Punch tell him. Yes, and that complimentary player is Mr. Kevin Fiala going to the New York Islanders is what Anthony has got listed. Go ahead and give your reasoning on that one. So Kevin Fiala, um, the Minnesota Wild cannot keep him. It's 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 already been it's already been said. He's he's gone. He's going to be traded. Um, you know, Kevin Kerr's Islanders beat writer from the Athletic uh, did that article with some account executives weighing in and talking about a Kerr's talking about a Fiala trade to the Islanders and what it would look like. Um, and it seems like Minnesota would be willing to take the 13th overall pick and either Oliver Wallstrom or Atu Ratu in return. Um, so, and Fiala will then need a contract uh, probably in around the $7.5 million range. Um, so he would fit like a glove on the Islanders, had a career year in Minnesota. Um, and again, it's not the Brinkett, you know, Forsberg or Gaudreau, but getting Fiala Borokowski would be a very successful offseason uh, for the Islanders. So, um, and what is Dominic Kim talking about? 50% of the UFA are going to sign with the Islanders. I have, I have, I have, them, <laughs> I have them signing one unrestricted free agent in <laughs> Borokowski. And, and making so, two trades. Uh, yeah. So that's, but- yeah. Um, I didn't say Goudreau was going to sign with the Islanders. I think that they'll be one of the three finalists to sign him, obviously. Because what's going to happen now, by the way, Don, what's going to happen with that is the Islanders are going to go for Goudreau because, after all, you always try to ask the hottest girl out. And then they, after that, then you pivot. Then the next one is Forsberg. Uh, Forsberg. And then it's, it's signing Burkowski but trading for Kevin Fiala. But... <laughs> and then, wait, no, no more Swiss players for the Islanders. Yeah, so uh, Ely, I actually have. I saw Nito Niederrada. I have Nito Niederrada going to the Dallas Stars. Um, I think I think Niederrada um, can be a player to them. We mentioned before when Phil was on talking about Dallas that you know, aside from Robertson and and hence, uh, you know, Pavelski's getting older. Sagan, Ben aren't what they used to be. Rajalov, I, I think, already left to go sign the KHL. There's speculation that he's going to sign there. Um, they could use another top six forward. And Nitorider is a big body, um, similar to, to Val Nikushkin, can kind of replace what they lost in him. Um, I think he'd be a good fit in Dallas. Um, but Mark, why don't you tell uh, why don't you tell everybody the Rangers that the the players I have the Rangers signing. Yes, we're going to go. We're going to go to the Rangers. And then, by the way, we got some news that Anthony is going to be breaking well ahead of time, because, I mean, after all, this is in the future that he's breaking some of this news. Um, (laughs) So. (laughs) So first things first, 
Anthony has the New York Rangers re-signing Tyler Mott. And also going out and getting Eric Comrie to back up uh, Igor Sesterkin. Now, they're not making many more free agent moves. But what was the big move that you said that, that they make at all? The Rangers? Yeah. Resotting Andrew Cott. That was it. Thank you. Yeah. So that, I, you know, I, I went by him I, just now. Like I said, I know I know I said Kadri would be a good fit for them and, and Trocek possibly. But at the end of the day, those two guys are going to cost more than Andrew Cop. And the Rangers do not have a lot of cap space. So if they could re-sign Cop for $5 million, and being that they invested a lot to get him, you know, they gave up a first rounder with going to the conference finals, it would, be, it would make sense for them to keep him. Because you don't want to give all that up and then have him walk and then you miss out on Kadri or, or Trocek because of cap space. So um, I think re-signing Cop is the safe move for them. Um, and then also Tyler Mott. I think Tyler Mott was excellent for them, and I think he's he's uh, effective on the penalty kill and the forecheck plays with a lot of speed, and I don't think he'll cost all that much. Um, and then Eric Comrie, if you look at the backup goalies, um, you know, Holpe – it's kind of past his prime. Grice is old. A lot of the backup goalies that they could afford are older guys. Eric Comrie is a younger goalie who's already an unrestricted free agent status, has spent time backing up Connor Hellebuck in Winnipeg. Um, and, Mark, if you look at Comrie's save percentage, I believe his save percentage this year was was uh, 9. If you want to look it up for me real quick, I think it was around I'll do nine that right 12. now. Go ahead. Keep going. I think it was around 9.12 or 9.13. Uh, might have even been a little higher. Um, so that, that's, you know, that's, that's pretty good. Um, and also I think you could probably get him for 900,000 to a million dollars. Uh, and for the Rangers, that's, that's what you want in your backup right now for not having all that much cap space. Eric Comrie, 16 games played 10, five and one. He had a 2.58 goals against average and a 0. 0.920 save also, percentage. All right, yeah. So, so that's. That would be a perfect fit for the Rangers. You know, Igor could carry most of the games, but you have a younger guy who's, who's you know, showing that he can be a serviceable backup and not really cost you all that much money. Just in case you're wondering, fans, in comparison, Alexander Georgiev, 15 and 10, 2.92 goals against average and a .898 save percentage. By the way, again, .898. That's not going to get it done in today's NHL. So yeah. it's, it's, I mean, on the other hand, Keith Kincaid played one game and uh, 0.935 save percentage. So, so I mean, so basically, Mark, um, when I sent you, when I sent you that mock up of uh, the Rangers that I made on Armchair DM and Cap Friendly, yes. um, did it, did, was it a little bit eye opening to see that even with making modest, you know, moves that you were only left with $8,000, well, $8,500 in cap space. Yes, it is a little bit alarming because, again, first off, the Jacob Truba contract is an albatross. That's that's what it's going to come down to. Look, is Jacob Truba contri contributing for the New York Rangers? Yes. Is Jacob Truba a pretty good player for the New York Rangers, despite no matter how much he might frustrate some fans, including our own Mr. John Volkowski? Uh, yes, but is he making, is, is he producing at $8 million worth? No, no. And that is a huge problem. When you're paying that much money, you need a guy that's going to produce it at $8 million level. If he was producing at a $6 million level 
and getting paid for that. That would be fine. But no. And the biggest the biggest part about that was what you even said when I when I sent it was um, you know, eight eighty five hundred dollars left in cap space and you're Two, you know, two of your defensemen in the starting six were young guys in Nils yep. and Zach Jones. And you're not going to win a cup with with depth like that. Um, but again, that that's the nature they're in there right now. And th- this was with this was with buying out Nemeth. This was giving cop five million, which is totally reasonable. Mott, I think, was two million or two and a quarter. Kraftsoff at two and a quarter. Uh, sorry, not Kraftsoff, Kako at two and a quarter, and then Kok and then Kraftsoff on the team. And that's what they were left with. So, and by the and, and to address this one, as Core said before, so what are the Rangers going to trade for? Uh, for so, what are the Rangers trading to get Yanni Gord? <laughs> uh, you always have to, by the way, read these out loud because we have the yeah. audio podcast. That I was surprised I, we, we got some good numbers on our audio yeah, podcast. I don't know if Gord. I don't know if Seattle would would trade Gord. I mean, I, I think Gord. I don't was, think you trade Gord. Gord anyway. He's got a modified no trade as it is, yeah. but it's just. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think they're trading him. So, no, it's the easiest way to say that one. Um, but Mr. Fantastic, going right back to you. Do you guys see Kratzoff basically filling in uh, for the spot of Vetrano? Uh, in a way, yeah, I could kind of see that because I think it's going to happen. Um, I think they're going to have to. I really do think they're going to have to. I keep looking around to see what exactly is going to happen with Vitaly Kratsov. And if they end up saying not, they're not going to put Kako up there on that line, which they might, that would be a reasonable way to do it. Um, And they're not going to put Lafreniere up there, even though he said he'll move to the right wing. Then, you know what? Then you got to look at, at, at Kratsov and hopefully he doesn't get outplayed by Dryden Hunt in training camp again. You can see how much I really thought of that one. Uh, apparently, my my eyelid's blowing up right now. Jesus. I got to get that fixed. Romanel, I have that uh, question highlight. And, oh, good. I have it right here for Anthony on it coming on right now. Anthony, Romanel is asking, what playoff team – from 2022 misses the playoffs in 2023. Uh, it's tough. Um, you know, for the last couple of years, I've answered this with Pittsburgh and Washington and they, they always, they always prove me wrong. Um, by the way, uh, guys, through your comments in the, and for who you think is going to miss the playoffs, keep going. At. But I, I think it, I think it might be one of them. I mean, Washington, I don't think Samsonov and Vanacek are the answer in goal. You know, like I said, Backstrom's going to might miss the whole year. I know Tom Wilson had offseason surgery. Um, I just, I don't know, something about them, you know, tells me that maybe they finally fall off. Um, so, and also actually Corbett, the Bruins too. The Bruins. I mean, Bergeron might not come back. Uh, McAvoy's out for – he's going to miss the beginning of the season. I believe Grizzlick is as well. Um, Marshan's having surgery. Um, so I think Boston might be in a little bit of trouble too. Now, I mean, if they sign Kadri or, you know, they find a way to make things happen, maybe not. But I could also see Boston missing the playoffs as well. So I would say Boston and Washington 
are, are my picks. Um, whew. there's there's a bunch of good ones right here. Um, I'm trying to think of a Western Conference one that's going to miss that's not named uh, Nashville because I don't I don't but I think Nashville's going to make it. So I'm I'm not exactly worried about them. Well, again, depends what happens with Philip. I mean. I think even without Forsberg, they probably have enough to make it if if Duchesne can can prove that you know his Renaissance season last year wasn't just a one off. So if Ryan Johansson and and Duchesne can play like they did this year, and Forsberg leaves, they still could probably get in. But if they both regressed and Forsberg left, then I could see that being possible. And I understand what you're saying with this one, uh, Rick, where you say the Capitals could use Baxter's money to sign a player. Doesn't necessarily, let's say they take that money and sign Vinny Trocek. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get Nick Backstrom production out of Vinny Trocek. So, yeah. and you never know with Igveni Kuznetsov. He's had the injury bug and, as well as other issues, but it's just, you know, you don't know if he's going to be in for a full season, you know, and again, I want to say Dallas could be knocked out, but I think they're going to get better. Uh, Edmonton, I think if Calgary gets weakened, Edmonton might challenge for the division title because mm-hmm. uh, we like what the way uh, Jay Woodcroft was doing with them. L.A. looks like they're on the upper tra- trajectory. I don't think Anaheim is going to get their way in if it looks like they're going to tear more stuff down. So I, I think the three names, everybody's got these locked and loaded and – I think they're pretty good names. I don't think Pittsburgh misses the playoffs. I just don't. I can't see it happening. Capitals yeah, I, I, see happening. I put Washington and Boston um, uh, miss over over Pittsburgh. Uh, yeah. I mean, Pittsburgh is going to be tough. You need a Sidney Crosby injury plus some other things that would happen. But even at that, Mike Sullivan has proved – that if Sidney Crosby's out for a length of time, that he'll just coach around that. And, 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 and he's still – Mike Sullivan's such a good coach because of what he's able to do with that team. And I think Boston missing because Boston's going to be missing a lot. Yeah. Like, they're going to miss uh, – Bergeron probably retires, which, by the way, is Anthony's guess on this one. Uh, and by the way, we still haven't gotten to the big news of what Anthony has, because I think Pittsburgh's going to, I think Pittsburgh is going to stay in. And like Mr. Statistic is saying, Pittsburgh won't miss Sullivan too good, but Boston's going to be missing McAvoy and Marchand and they got to get a brand new coach. It's just, I don't think that happens. I just, I don't think it happens with them. All right. Um, so <laughs> to answer your question, the only way this happens is if Mark takes a class to become a hypnotist. <laughs> he somehow he somehow gets Gary Bettman and Donald Fair in a room together and puts him and puts them under his hypnosis and gets them to abolish the salary cap. <laughs> then then if that happens the Rangers have a chance to sign Philip Forsberg. Um, but no, in, in, in all reality, it would be, it would be trading 
Because it, it wouldn't change the fact that they still need a center more than a wing. So they would still yeah. have to address the two-seat position, the backup goalie, depth defense, whatever, resign Kako. They'd have to move Truba, as Core just said. And realistically, they probably would have to move Ryan Lindgren or Chris Kreider on top of that, realistically, which isn't happening. Yeah, and that's not happening either. Chris Kreider's got uh... – uh, right now it's a full no trade clause. It's modified in 2024. We've gone over this a lot. And again, when it comes to stuff like that of, oh, hey, you could always get a guy to waive his no trade clause. My reply back is, you mean the guy who has been on the team the longest is an aspiring to want to be the captain? Which, by the way, I, I, I'm going to give a, an opinion about the captaincy for the New York Rangers shortly from something that we heard recently, but also... Um, some of the com- the comments that have been made, but uh, that the I, I just don't see Chris Kreider trying to get out of there. So, yep. Um, who makes so, that miss outside the Islanders? Ed, go ahead. For got me, the Islanders. I got my team that I I, I think is going to be a. If they decide to do it, sorry, I, I'll just go ahead and say, it. if they decide to not change that much, because I know the rumors are all over the place with this team. Holy crap, the Vancouver Canucks have a chance of being very good. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Vancouver. And in the East core, um, I'm actually going to – I may surprise you, but uh, – Oh, boy. I'm going to go with the New Jersey Devils. Okay, I didn't think you were going to say the Devils. The caveat, the caveat to that is – Hold on. Yeah. Let me lead you into that. Yes. <laughs> the caveat to that – is the like I said, Anthony's breaking news in the future for you right now. And what Anthony has predicted is that the New York Rangers will sign a free agent goaltender. Who is it? What? Who? Yeah. The New York Who? Rangers sign a free no, agent. No, sorry, the, the New York De- sorry, not New York Rangers. Well, you did have the Rangers getting calmer. The New Jersey Devils is gonna sign a free agent goaltender. Anthony, who do you got? Um Vili Huso. Vili Huso is going to go there and stabilize the net. But that's what I was going to say. I, I thought you were leading me into my prediction that they were going to get Alex DeBrinket for the second. That's overall. what I was going to lead you into the yes. trade tar- and Chris, target. On Chris, I mean, Chris is close there. He said if the Devils give JT Miller, uh, that's a good one. Um, but, yeah, so there's no secret DeBrinket's being shopped. Uh, the Devils have been linked to him. There's been some. There's been some rumblings that, you know, they may dangle the second overall pick for him. So if the Devils got the Brinkett and signed a and signed a you know goalie like Billy Huso or or even Jack Campbell, when you combine that with Hishier and, and Hughes and and Jesper Bratt, who had a seventy point year, um, they 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 could they could make it work. So, uh, but again, that's a lot to happen. Um, you know, if they stay the course, if they use that second overall pick to. To pick a player, which don't get me wrong, if they got Slavovsky, that would be great for them. But he's not going to push him to the playoffs right away. Oh wow! I would love to see that. By the way, Matador, uh, his response also for that is he would love to see St. Louis leads the Canadians back to the playoffs. You hear it here first. They did play a lot better on the St. Louis, but then they kind of fell back and realized they're they they. They would need Carey Price to be back and Carey Price to be Carey Price. And there's a lot of rumor of Carey Price going on LTIR for them as of right now. Um, 
Yeah, by the way, only a daydream. Panthers have cap problems too. Uh, I so because you got a bunch of good names on this list, and I think there's two things that are sort of shocking to me, Anthony, on your list. Well, they have him on the trade targets. He's actually a free agent, but you have Tony D'Angelo staying in Carolina. Yes. Um, okay. I I think. As, I, as you saw on that list, I have Nidorader and Trocek going elsewhere. Um, that frees up some space for them to do other things. And again, you know, uh, he had a breakout year. I think he's comfortable there. I think they like the marriage there, and I think they're going to find a way to make it work and keep him. Now, let me throw these two names out at you because – and I'm going to get to the, the trade target that you list as well because you have – a guy who's currently playing in the Stanley Cup Finals, Darcy Kemper, going to northern New York, or western New York, I should say, in uh, the Buffalo Sabres. Give me, give me a reasoning on that one. You broke up there a little bit. I, I, I didn't hear You have Darcy Kemper going to Buffalo. Yes. Buffalo has a lot of cap space. They need a goalie. Craig Anderson is, isn't, the, isn't the answer there. Nope. Um, and having elite, even, even a guy like Kemper, who's not elite, having a stable goalie back there will help them be more competitive. And because you might say, why not the Toronto Maple Leafs? But Anthony's got the Toronto Maple Leafs signing. What I have them signing? <laughs> I, again, I'm, I, I, you I'll can go into the on. notes. They're all in the rundown. Yes, I am. Ma, you have Mark them signing Marc Andre Fleury. Marc Andre Fleury. I know there was talk about it during the trade deadline and where he'd wave to go. But um, I think he is going to play another year. I don't know if Minnesota has the funds to bring him back. Um, I think Tampa Bay at uh, Tampa Bay, I think Toronto um, views him as still an elite, you know, starting goaltender. Um, and I think given Flurry's options, uh, I think Toronto might be an attractive destination when, you know, he looks at, they could be on the cusp there with what they're doing with Matthews and Marner and how they push them and how they push Tampa to the brink. So the biggest trade target goaltender that is on the market is John Gibson. Yes. And you have him going to. Yep. The Oilers finally doing the right thing and getting a, and get a legitimate starting goalie. Yeah. That's if he goes to Edmonton. Now you're talking about Edmonton being a completely different team the way I'd look at them because now they can put the puck in the net and they can have, they have a goalie. They can hang out the dry if they want to and still make some saves. And you froze on me for a second, Ant. but so, um, but by the way, why about Carolina and Freddie Anderson? Isn't it actually is he a free agent right now? I thought no, no, he just no. he just signed with Carolina. Yeah, oh, I thought it was a one year deal. My bad. Yeah, Fred. Oh no, yeah, Freddie Anderson's got one more year um, deal, one more year. So does Auntie Ranta. So there you go. Yeah. But wow, they have got a lot of guys. When you, when you were talking about. When you were talking to John Gibson about the Oilers, you were breaking up there. I can, I think it fits perfectly. I think 
Um, you know, Jesse Pugliari's te- future has been talked about what they're going to do with him this offseason. I think that could be a piece that Anaheim would, would want in return, as well as some picks and prospects. Um, and I think Gibson on the Oilers puts them in another level where now they could compete for a Stanley Cup. Uh, and by the way, Wicked, welcome back. Jersey is such a small physical team. They need a little bit of meat in that lineup. That is right. Does Pilat stay with the Lightning? Yes. I know yeah. they don't have a lot of cap space, but they're 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 not going to let him go. They they will, like I said, they'll they'll look to find a way to keep him, whether it be moving Kalorn or, or doing something. But they'll be able, they'll do whatever they can to keep him. Yeah. But again, I think it's going to be hard for Palat to remain with the Bolts. I think somebody's going to come in with a bigger offer. It's the same thing I say about Andrew Kopp. I think Andrew Kopp might end up getting bid out by the New York Rangers. But if the Rangers do sign Andrew Kopp, Mr. Fantastic, I have to say, if the Rangers sign Andrew Kopp, he's playing the center. You're not signing him to play the wing. Absolutely not. Um... Uh oh hey Alyssa, I haven't seen you in a while. Oh, it was Rangers in five if the Strom injury didn't happen. I think it was a little bit more of a uh than just the Strom injury, but and I just lost Anthony for a moment. So Copper replaced Strom, that is right. Hello, Pops. And yeah, you got to go. And by the way, Chris G, I never said hello. By the way, hello. Um, yeah, hands down, he would have to be right there. Nothing much, Alyssa. Everything's been good. Haven't seen you in a while. So great to see you guys. Can't wait for the free agent frenzy that we're going to be having in a couple weeks. That'll be on Monday, so it'll be all three of us. Oh, the last time Anthony was in. Anthony was in Turks and Kankos calling in during the free agent frenzy. So that was that was awesome. Yep. Um, did you, uh, did you, did you see that yet? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't even know what his trade value would be. It would, it would be crazy. But, uh, again, I, I say this to you before Leon Dreisaitl is one of those guys that when, if you ever offer a trade for him, the like the rule of improv is to say yes and yes and good to keep it going. Guess what? Leon Drysaddle is a yes and. You 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 start with that offer of oh we'll trade you Igor Sisterkin for uh Leon Drysaddle and the answer yeah. back is I mean and it's it's fantasy, but yes, if Igor is put in the table then then Drysaddle would be would be a real option. And that I mean, but that's not yeah um, I, it's I have actually that's a great question. Where do you have I have Latang? I have Latang staying in Pittsburgh. Back to Pittsburgh. Yeah. I, I find it hard to believe. I just can't picture Malkin and Latang playing anywhere else. I think I think they want to be with Crosby for the rest of their careers too. Um caveat to that is uh like with Malkin, if Latang goes elsewhere and he can't come to terms with Pittsburgh. I think Montreal would target him as they're going to probably trade Jeff Petrie. And I'm going to, I'm going to make one prediction that you did not have on your list. And I think a guy that would be perfect for the New York Rangers. 
as soon as they can move out. Now, again, they, they, they're going to have to go coupon shopping and uh, go with guys that are a little bit cheaper. I think, by the way, uh, the, a better solution is Nick Paul and try to promote Philip uh, Heedle, but that's a different story at the moment. I think one guy that would really fit the New York Rangers and they can kind of get him for a cheaper value is Ian Cole. And I think he would go great for their bottom six, uh, for not their bottom six, as in the forwards. I mean, the the bottom pair defensemen, that's what I meant to say. And I think Cole would really be a great anchor for a guy like, say, and he could play both sides. He could play the left, he could play the right. But uh, Braden Schneider with Ian Cole would be fantastic. Yeah. So but how do you, but how do you, how do you afford him? He's only making $2.9 million right now. So the first yeah. thing's first, you have to dump Patrick Nemeth. And well, so let, take, take, my, take my armchair GM I made. Like I said, after everything, you had $8,500 left. If you want to add Ian Cole, how are you doing that? Where are you cutting from? Well, dumb Patrick Demeth, I might not re-sign Andrew Cobb. That included that. Yeah. What? I might not be re-signing Andrew Cobb. Oh. I may be factoring him out. But then who's... But then who are you having to play center? Well, that's the thing. I would go after Nick Paul, see if he'll go for like a four-year deal at $3 Because here's the other thing the Rangers are going to have to try, uh, be careful about is next the year after next, you have to go with uh, Miller needs a raise. Yeah. Uh, Lafreniere needs a raise. And Heedle will probably need a raise. Yeah. So there's already three things. This is why you sign bridge deals. So... It's just that's why it's it's if you could get a guy at a one year deal like an Ian Cole, that would be one story. And this is all stuff that we're spitballing, guys, obviously, yep. because we're at the end of the, the show right now. And um You wanna break the news to him? Okay. <laughs> all right. Um Wicked, you could always go back and rewind well, it a little I, bit, but Anthony I, has broken down. Andre Burakovsky is going to sign with the Islanders and they will trade for Kevin Fiala. And that's what we're going to end up with. By the way, a big name that we did not break down. You guys have heard so much about him. And a matter of fact, we're going to hear so much more about him. I'm, I'm, I'm almost getting touching Jack Eichel levels of getting tired of hearing about him. Anthony, where did you predict that Jacob Chikrin's going to go? Because by the way, it's the same place I would predict as well. Los Angeles Kings. So there you go. I, I know I said before, I don't see the Kings trading Turcotte. They have no need for it. Um, but that was in the sense of with the rain, like they're not going to trade Turcotte to the Rangers for a, an unproven guy like Zach Jones or Niels Lundqvist. That they have no incentive to do. But if they can get an established top four defenseman who's young and signed like Jacob Chikrin, then they might be inclined to give up Turcotte. So um, I think Chikrin is a great fit in LA. Yeah. Although I think the thing is, if they get Chikrin, then they have no need for a defensive prospect then. So yes. that's, that's kind of, especially a power play quarterback like Bill's Lundquist, which makes me think then Robertson comes into play with some guys. So, um, the, there's a lot of these predictions that we're going to make. We're going to make more of, the, of our, our predictions as free agency gets closer, of course, because uh, we're going to have the coverage of the draft. We're, uh, I think we're going to try to do a mock draft, uh, maybe one of the nights uh, that that's there. And 
which is going to be tough because if we do a mock draft, I'm going to have to make sure I'm up to date on all my prospects, which I mean, the, the ones coming into the league, not so much. The ones that are in the league currently, I'm pretty good with. So, uh, hey Mark, yes. Who do you want me to, uh, what guest should I target for next week's show? Let's keep trying to get JR on. That's one. Um, I got a long list uh, of guests, uh, a wish list of guests. Yes. Um, Sam so Rosen, I, obviously. Um, but your guy, your guy, Brian, uh, Brandon Burke, I would love it if he's on. The, the thing is with, with uh, Ronick, um, when I was chatting with him, like, you know, so for like for last week, just to give you guys context, Ryan, I tried to get Ryan Miller last week, but he said the day didn't work out. He said, reach out to me, you know, reach out to me next week and we'll, we'll set it up. So he had, you know, he basically said that he would do it. He just couldn't do it this week. When I talked to Jeremy Roenick, um, he didn't, he didn't say, oh, you know, like maybe in the future or, or, or reach back out. So I, yeah, I would love to get Roenick on, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, when we left off, there was no, there was no, okay, you know, circle. But back. again, as long as he not. already knows who we are. So that's all that yeah. matters. It's, we're building something here, guys. It's taking time, but it's going to, yeah, so trust me. When you, if, if you can see the finished product I got at the end of this, it'll be much better. Um, yeah. It, I'll, uh, if for the Rangers, Adam Graves would be a great one. Uh, always. Um, but you know what? I, I love that we're talking about USA hockey and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. it could be it, go nuts. I mean, there's always a great guest around. You know what the best guest is? The next one. Because uh, we got Dave Pagnona who could talk to us about uh, news and information around the league. Uh, after all, Anthony is able to get us Dan Rosen, Arthur Staple, uh, all these other guys. Good. By the way, it's, it's going to be a hell of a one-year recap, by the way. For, what about Big Lou? Big Lou would be a great get because well, also, also Big Lou would just – we would ask one question or we'd ask several questions. We would get one answer. I well, <laughs> if, if, you want, if you want Big Lou, I'm going to put that on you. See what I did there? Um, <laughs> you know, you, you're the one that's talked to – you're the one that's talked to Big Lou before. So, you know, Big Lou is on you. Yeah, I mean, I'll try to I'll try to make some phone calls with him as, as soon as I can not stop stammering as I'm talking to him. Now, also not thinking I got the right guy, so that's another one. So, Mark, uh, how many? How many? Uh, I'm gonna try to make a deal with you here. On my free agent um, predictions, how many? How many players are on that list? I want you. I want you to count. Uh, let me do a quick count. One, two. Well, technically, you got Patrice Bergeron on here. He's um, yeah, yeah, but it counts. That it, it counts. It counts. Right? Thank thing. you, Dominic, very much. We appreciate that. This is great for anybody listening on audio right now. Uh, you have about forty, maybe forty-one. I would say. All right. So how about this? How about how about if I get if I get four of those predictions right, you have to call Big Lou live on air. I think that's reasonable. <laughs> what do you what do you guys think? What do you guys think? Four four forty. I mean, come on. 
Tell tell Mark four that's five. tell Mark that's fair. If that I get is four, not fair. four or five, right, he's gonna call Big Lou. I think that's a fair here, deal. Here are the ones I think you're gonna get right already. I think, I think that's a, right. I think that's a fair deal. I think you're Don't getting be, right. Drew Forsberg. Uh, I keep on going Forsberg. Sorry about adding on the L, but uh. I think you got right. Johnny Gaudreau going to Philadelphia. Philip Forsberg staying with the Predators. I think you're going to end up getting Andre Pilat. I think you're going to end up getting uh, Malkin right. So there's already five. I uh, David Perron re-signing with the St. Louis Blues. Who would have thought David Perron would be in St. Louis? No, Mark. <laughs> Mark, don't don't be an unreasonable negotiator. That's fair. Every, everyone's <laughs> saying it's fair. Everyone's saying that's a fair deal. That's ten percent. That's a fair deal. <laughs> you know what? On your on your headstone one day, it's gonna say Mark Williams afraid to call Big Lou. It's gonna be put. That's gonna be yes. put on there. Yes, I would much rather have that on my headstone. And it right next to me will be another reporter that I'll just say, "Me too." <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, Any he's, 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 He's a nice, or, he's a nice guy, Mark. You don't got to be afraid of him. He's a nice guy. Yeah, nice I'm, guy. I'm, I'm afraid. I'm afraid to talk to the pizza delivery guy. It's, it's when, when I'm off the clock. I mean, I, I could chat it up with anybody. By the way, everybody, I never mentioned this before. Tomorrow, I will have on my trip to Tampa Bay, uh, for the Rangers Tampa Bay game, and uh, the conversations I've had. I had a lot of conversations with fans off the off camera. And they were all fantastic. So all right, you know what, Mark? Um, because because I'm because I'm reasonable, and you didn't like my my last proposal about my predictions. How about this? If 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 Kel McCarr gets t- <laughs> if Kel McCarr gets two more points during the Stanley Cup final, you're gonna call the blue. I mean, come on, that's reasonable. He's he's a defenseman. How many how many points is he gonna get right? Come on. I think, you that's, know what, I think that's fair. Do you know what this kind of reminds me of? And I'm kind of happy that we haven't been able to get to this yet. Is uh, there's a the movie called Four Rooms, where there's uh, there's uh, uh, Quentin Tarantino directs it. It's actually a really funny scene where he's talking about uh, whether or not a guy can light a lighter five times in a row, or he gets his pinky cut off. And Tim Robbins would ju- ju- uh, Tim Tim Robbins. Uh, Tim Roth at the end, just guy couldn't light it. He cuts the pinky off, takes, takes the $500 and walks out. But, um, if, if, if Philk was here, Philk would just go, no, Mark, I'll do it. It's all right. You know what, Mark, <laughs> you leave, you leave me no choice. If, if, if you don't take, if you don't take the four out of 40 or the McCarr scoring two more points, if you don't do any of those, then you have to wear a New York Islanders Jersey on the. You have to what you have to do a show on, in a New York on the, Islanders on, on the air with an Islanders jersey. Yeah. Uh is that how much you don't want to call Big Lou that you would that consider? Is how much I don't want to call Big Lou. That is actually how much I would I because I, I mean he's only the most terrifying uh <laughs> uh person in hockey. <laughs> Cause you know what? Because again, everybody, you know what happens if, if you mess with Big Lou, you know, you get you get a horse's head in your bed. That's what you get when you you mess with them on. But yeah, we got a well, well, Romanello. We're gonna think about stuff like that. See if we could get like a, a rando on there. Ten percent? No way. At least ten out of forty. Well, again, some of these are still like all right there. 
Dwayne, absolutely. Ask Jacob Slavin if he would love to to do it. Um, I think Carolina might be more apt to let him do it. I would love it. Yeah. Um, you have our contact information, so right there. Uh we aren't Islander jersey for an entire season if you won't call Big Lou. Oh dear God, no! If Stam if Stamkos scores two more goals, then Mark has to send a fax to Bigelow's office. That's a possibility because at least it's a fax. Here's a piece of paper. Thank you. Hey, Mark, what do you think of that range? Of oh, well, Alex, go back, look at uh, my Game Five recap, and I'll tell you right now. Also, you can see the disgust in my face. Again, I say this before, I'll say it again. That fan does not represent New York fans. You don't represent New York Ranger fans. You don't represent uh, New York Islander fans, New York Yankee fans, New York, whatever. And by the way, then he knocked out somebody else afterwards. So they, he's facing two counts of assault. But I, I, the fans that represent New York are the ones that help the guy. Absolutely. And again, uh, look, every fan base has got their knuckleheads, but that was, that was, and cause you know, that's going to get the most play and that's going to get everybody talking about it. And it's just, it, 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 it disgusts me. It, it absolutely disgusts me. Um, Anthony actually keeps ta- telling me about replacing some of these things. And I got to find, let me show you guys this one. Uh, I got to find a spot for this. Anyway, this is uh, a little collage of Phil and me at the All-Star game this year. So that's a cool one. But uh, yeah, we got a couple different videos coming up for you guys. Uh, tomorrow, I should have the Tampa Bay uh, video. And it's only like five, six minutes. So you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> We let me keep my eyes big blue. <laughs> oh man. So, but, and also there's, I'm going to start working on our year in review too. Cause we've had, uh, we've had another great year here. Uh, this is our officially our first year with big apple hockey, even though it's our second year because we were all things Rangers the first year. And, uh, Years from now, when you ask me about what my favorite video we ever produced is going to be, and it's going to be our recap of our first year, where it started with me just sitting in this room, uh, just reading some articles or videos that I put out. And then next thing I know, I'm doing Zoom calls, recording them with John. And then uh, Anthony joined in because Anthony liked uh, what he was seeing. So, again, that's all stuff that's that's going to be wrong. It's been a great run. Yeah. Sean, thank you. And by the way, uh, I think I said happy birthday. Was it happy birthday? Or was it that you just went away or something? I commented on your Facebook thing the other day. So, uh, yeah, I have a feeling that they're going to take four straight. They could. You know what, David? We we talked about getting a studio. I also think that it's right now, it's, still, it's not in the budget yet. Although Anthony is going to look into some studio time, stuff like that. I would love to have some kind of studio, but the great part about about the the way this is set up is we can roll out of bed and well, I hit the shower too, but that's a different story. And because I had to make sure I'm camera ready today because Ryan Miller was on and uh, needed to look professional. 
even though even though it, it was just an audio call from him. But oh, uh, Alex, thank you very much. Uh, there's actually a tragic story with me that I am not a father, but that's a different story. Uh, never say die. I was oh. You know what? I know I never got to see the Isles Never Say Die Isles podcast, but uh, see, that's great when you have the grumpy old man. We need we need a hitch like that. Mike, you're right about that. That guy that was the 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 only um he's a thug. The only fan violence I personally approved of and seen was at the '86 Shea Stadium. A Pittsburgh fan was rowdy and spilling beer everywhere. And spilled beer on the wrong person. Yep. Uh, oh, <laughs> Alex, don't worry about it. By the way, I'm also a godfather. So uh, to two wonderful kids. So it's it's uh, tr- trust me. It's I will tell you the full story one of the days when uh when I get a when I eventually get a beer with you guys. Um, but there's <laughs> yeah, looking. Looking like the Wolf of Wall Street right right here. Oh, guys, guys. Um, I'm 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 sorry. I kind of divulged that information. I I was I was just. It's uh no. It's you, wicked. Don't worry about me. It, it it's something that happened 15 years ago. Uh, long. St- I I opened this can of worms. Long story short, um, me and an ex girlfriend uh, had a child, but she was cheating on me. That was it. Uh, so it's just, that's, that, that's it. I don't need to have it more in the comments. It's just, that's, that's what it was. Uh, so back to this though. Um, see, by the way, and that's, and, and that's terrible. I think anytime you ever go to the game, you shouldn't be ever physically assaulted. You shouldn't ever feel like you're threatened. You should be welcomed and then leave. And sometimes it's just, uh, and again, thank you, Alex. Uh, but it's, you know, it's it's one of those things. You whenever you go to a game, it, you should always. And I, I, this is one of the reasons why I'm doing Mark on the Road now because I went to Tampa. They were great fans. They were all great fans that I spoke, with, and nobody got in my face, and they really could have. And a matter of fact, the guy that was next to me, uh, it was it, it was his birthday too. I went down for two reasons. One, it was my birthday, and one, I figured I could make an entertaining video for the channel. I then, of course, um, drank a little bit too much whiskey with the bartender beforehand uh, and then went to go meet up with everybody that uh, the guys that sold me the ticket and also uh, the uh, just all the people that were down at Hatrick's great, great bar. It was, it was a hell of a time. And, you know, the other thing that if I could go back and do it again and wish I could change, I wish I grabbed the lawn chair and sat in Thunder Alley. I took some footage at Thunder Alley. I just, you know, I did. I never, I, I didn't get that experience. And there's, there's lots of great experiences like that. I was hoping to see uh, Central Park if the Rangers did it in the Stanley Cup Finals, but yeah, kicking them out, and the whole row said it was yeah. And and again, it's um, yeah. And by the way, Romanello, first off, thank you very much because we love it that. We love that that everybody was here, and when we first started streaming, I was a little bit apprehensive about streaming. I was more worried about getting segments out, but then we started streaming, and of course, our first ever stream was when JD got fired and uh, Jeff Corton. So, yeah, and it's great whenever we do we do these uh, 
this is a long show. By the way, wow, we're up to we're actually up to three hours and uh, two hours and forty three minutes. Nineteen of you are still watching right now, and. One, by the way, one thing I'm kind of kicking myself is I didn't even introduce Ryan Miller. I was so excited. I just forgot to introduce him. Bit of a dunce cap on me. But, uh, and by the way, final, we're going to close the poll right now. Final results on the poll. What is the best performance by a U.S. goalie? 40, 39% of you say Jim Craig and Lake Placid. 31% might said Mike Richter in Montreal. 22% said Ryan Miller in Vancouver and 6% Jonathan Quick in Sochi. So it's, um, but again, this is, this, this has been great for us to do and it keeps on growing and we're going to be covering, like I said, we're going to, ultimately we're going to cover everything in, in the NHL and we're not going to waste your time on stupid videos. Like just, I, I've seen some videos lately on other channels that I can't help but just, roll my eyes about where it's either debunked uh, information that they're given or just useless information. Like one of the things I saw recently was about how the, the Rangers are uh, about captaincy and stuff like that. And I'm starting to get the feeling that the Rangers aren't going to name a captain for not the reason that you think that they wanted to name a captain and uh one of the things that's coming to mind is that you heard the comments from Chris Kreider about how much respect he's got for Mika Zibanejad that I don't think the Rangers are going to name a captain because they'd, they'd rather go with alternates. And if that's the way the room works, fine. Not every team needs to have a captain, although I can't remember the last uh, team to ever win a Stanley Cup without a captain. I think that could have been Calgary in, in, in 89. I'd have to double check that one. But I know there's been co-captains before. Chris Chelios was a co-captain of the uh, Montreal Canadiens. But I'm not sure if he was a co-captain when he first got on there. But still. Um, <laughs> it starts with Lou, right? The only bad experience I had was when uh, we were with Flyer fans. I was like eight at the time. And Islander fans uh, the Islanders won these college age fans. Well, they're college age there and they were yelling obscenities at my mom and baiting my dad into a fight. Yeah. You just kind of ignore those guys. Hey, wow. This is actually breaking news right now. It might be on the hockey channel, but Rob Gronkowski is retiring again. And you know what? He is on the short list. He's in top 10 best tight ends of all time. Easy best tight ends of all time. And you know what? Gronk won another Super Bowl with a different team. And that, that's the best you could ever do. Uh, we won't name a captain as long as Kreider and uh, Zibby back and forth. Who deserves it more? And you know what? I, again, I, I just, I don't think, I don't think uh, anybody's, I, I don't think the Rangers need it. And if they don't need it, then don't worry about it. Uh, so wait, <laughs> he'll earn retire in a month. Uh, on, oh, core. Yeah. It starts with an L that's, that's all I'm going to say about that because look, we're going to improve with every single video that we do. That's our mission statement. And it's also, we're going to expand our coverage. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to have more fun. We're not just going to be, 
Um, going with news on it all the time. You can see how much fun Anthony, Phil can have and I have together. And it's even better when it's the three of us. Uh, life gets in the way. So again, we hope to do that. By the way, in case if you haven't already done it, go check out manscaped.com and use the uh, code BAH for 20% off and free shipping. Now, by the way, again, I also forget to say like, share, and subscribe and a lot of other things because I forget about shameless self-promotion, even though that is a key to this job. <laughs> but no, the, the Tampa fans were great. And again, those are great experiences that we have. We got a bunch of different ideas for Mark on the road. Um, I'm thinking I might try to go hit the bean pot next year and see what that's like. And, uh, and the Calgary teddy bear toss and a, a winter classic and stuff like that. We got a lot of different things we have planned for this channel and we still have a lot of things, a lot of different videos that we want to do for not just you guys, but bring you the fan experience and not just be professional pundits. You guys can, you guys could go open ESPN.com and or or tell TSN. We'll go with a real one. TSN or, or Rogers and just get their predictions on everything. But you come for our opinions, too. And you also come for what our experiences are. So. um, And by the way, as as D is saying, manscaping is a must. Uh. Yes, Core got the name of the, the Core got the name of the channel right. He was he was dead on. But that's all I'm going to say about that because I, I never want to get in the business of of either bad mouthing channels or anything like that because look, everybody's got their opinions, and when I give a hot take, I'm going to get it too. It's just when it comes to. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I got rid of the blonde ones. Yeah, I definitely did that. But it's just when it comes when it comes to some information, again, like anybody can have a bad take. Larry Brooks has got a ton of bad takes, but it's just it's just when it comes to it. And there, there, there are guys I just don't want to kill either. I could just I could disagree with you. I don't have to kill you on it. It's just when you're doing ver verified false information that's just wrong and it had to do with uh, a former ranger at that so uh but guys it is actually 232 right now i am going to sign up for the day i uh, trying to debate whether or not i'm gonna be able to get to the gym i mean i have the gym hair going right um <laughs> but we have all articles or we're gonna start doing team breakdowns on big apple hockey podcast.com where is uh, this week I'm going to give my breakdown for the Rangers. Philk at some point will give his breakdown for the Rangers. I'm going to go with what I think that they need and what they need to do. Uh, and also we're going to start breaking down other teams around. Uh, we're going to break it down. Uh, I've, I've already volunteered for a bunch of them. And I know some of you might laugh when I do this. I've volunteered for teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs, the ones that I've given the most grief over. I have volunteered to take that one because now I have to see them from their point of view. So it's always a great one. Uh, yeah, no, Chris, I got a sty. If you can see it right there. Yeah. So I got to do that. But, and again, well, again, Mike, and this is one of my most liked tweets 
I believe, uh, as either Big Apple Hockey or as uh, All Things Rangers. I forget which one I did it as. But Big App, but Larry Brooks said that Alexei Lafreniere might want to go to the Vancouver Canucks because his former agent, Emily Casting. Cost- uh, Emily Castanier, I think that Castanier was her name. Beautiful, by the way, um, was an assistant GM over there. Who the fuck follows their agent? Because they go to a different team, and you're going to leave the New York Rangers for the Vancouver Canucks. It's not the Montreal Canadiens or the Toronto Maple Leafs. You go up, not 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 west of vancouver and only because and because that because his his former agent signed there come on that's like that's like changing schools because your homeroom teacher moved not that not that she's not important and not that it was it's just it doesn't always happen and by the way best of her uh luck to her and also kevin gardano who's an assistant over in the vancouver canucks so well yeah, Romanello, by the way, uh, TSN does own. Um... <laughs> Chris, I just saw your comment because I just don't have it. I didn't have it highlighted. Um, yeah, you know what? And by the way, Romanello, I got to say that. I know they own TSN, but TSN at least isn't as. Uh, let's just say sidetracked by other headlines than anything else. I didn't realize you meant Blink Fitness. No, unfortunately, I'm just Planet Fitness. But Romanello, I guess it wasn't that great of a show because we don't have the sex bots on. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Gerard, hey, how you doing today? Welcome to the show. I mean, sex bots, three years, $2.1 million in Arizona. By the way, I actually volunteered to take the Arizona... Um, Coyotes uh, end of the year thing because that's going to be interesting. What is Rogers and why do they have the naming rights in Canada? I believe Rogers. I believe Rogers is. Well, it's just a media conglomerate, but I don't know if they're funded by the government. That's a great question. I know CBC obviously is, but um, that's a good question. I think it's just, but they're, they're, they're everywhere. They, they, they had, uh, they're not the Rogers center anymore. And that used to be sky dome. There's so many things. <laughs> and you know what, Joe, the best part about this is, by the way, Joe, how you doing? Um, the best part about it is where you get, uh, you get to watch, you get, you get to look through the, the stat packs and everything else. You get to look at the, the perspectives of the teams. I'm not going to have the benefit of the eye test. So I'm going to rely heavily on statistics and all statistics need to be interpreted, but there's, there's going to be a little bit more surprises. Um, Shane Casaspear had a red hot season with Arizona and uh, it'll be wonder. It'll be interesting what that's going to be like in that new stadium, because is having a 5,000-seat arena, is that going to make it more like a luxury environment? I don't know. That's that's going to be one thing. But they don't want to move out of Arizona, and I don't think they should. By the way, thanks to the 16, he is still watching uh, in the chat. I forgot that there was a gym named Blank. Hmm. 
Uh, although I do have to get this up soon for um, uh, for the for the podcast, Apple, uh, iTunes, and Spotify. By the way, again, everybody, you can always uh, get us on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, I think it only does like 90 minutes every single time. I don't know why it doesn't do the full thing. Yeah. Joe, I got to say that. That was one of the things I was hoping to do this year when I was down there. But uh, my brother and my niece, my nephew, uh, didn't, didn't couldn't make it that night. It was a school night, so it was going to be tough. But it's, you know what? Wicked, I think you're going to get plenty of people showing up there. 5,000 is not that many. It's not that many. And Arizona State is a draw. So that's another thing that might help them. Um, uh, by the way, everybody, of course, like, share, subscribe. All right. Still going, going two more minutes. <laughs> there you go. By the way, uh, who was it that asked for the 10? Was it, was it Dave? <laughs> 10, Anthony's been off for at least 15 to 20 minutes. All right. Chris G says, Mark, before you go, if you had your hand on a fire or a gun to your head, who is next year's number two center? Gut feeling. Guys, um, by the way, hey, hey, Logie. Oh, Logie. Um, the prediction I made in the article, and it's going to probably be published later today, uh, just doing a spell check on it and a grammar check uh, that we're doing. But, uh, I'm going to say the Rangers are going to end up promoting Filipino and it's going to be tricky because two of the things I say in that is he took an immense step forward. If you look at the eye test, his step forward in the playoffs was phenomenal. That being said, eight goals, 14 assists on a season and seven goals and two assists in the playoffs is not what you need from a center. But if he's a shoot first center, then you put him with Panarin. And Panarin has had successful seasons with Artem, Artem Anisimov. So I, you don't necessarily need him to be somebody that's going to be carrying a line. Uh, but Heedle was starting to shake off defenders like ragdolls. And if this kid really has grown to what we think he is. There are two players I think that have taken the biggest strides and the quickest big strides this year. Number one, first and foremost is Keandre Miller. Keandre Miller, if you guys remember, and we talked about this before, uh, when it was middle of March, Filk was doing some of his uh, final, uh, the final buzzers. And what happened was, he would he would he would say things that Miller's missing, and Miller was missing basic stuff that a defenseman should not be missing. Then, like around the trade deadline, like the week before, and then a week after, you really started to notice Miller wasn't making those mistakes anymore. And I think that's where Keandre Miller really is jumping out now and looking like a real solid stud of a defense but that the rangers are gonna have so i can't i can't wait to see what he's gonna be and the other one's filipino um filipino 
Filipino just he brought it better defensively. He wasn't, don't get me wrong, he wasn't a stalwart. Um, and the other thing is he started kind of just owning it and shooting the puck more. They moved him to wing, then they moved him back to center. And if you're pairing him with, say, Alexei Lafreniere, or even the kid line worked because you had two guys that were puck distributors with a guy that was a puck shooter. And uh, I got to look again at that Heedle goal, the second one against Tampa Bay in uh, game one. And that, that was sort of like a, a, a perfect example. I think it was Miller that had the assist on that. It was Miller and Lafreniere and Kaka was also huge. So again, those are all things you have to do. So again, Logie, hey, uh, hockey guy did a move about the Tampa. Uh, but again, Joe, I don't, I don't know if we, if anybody fully knows what's going to happen next year on that until it happens. Like if it's, let's say they they're, they're filling up that arena, 5,000 seats in Tampa, then it's a good indication of the city planners. And in you, as well as I know, and I'm not even living in Arizona. Um, I'm still going to use the word yet. Uh, that's still the plan eventually, but who knows? I might just find a, an apartment somewhere and fly everywhere, but it's um, it, it, the people that thought about putting it in Glendale didn't think anything through. Nobody wanted to drive all the way to Glendale. Your, your base was in Tempe. They drew better when they were in uh, the Tempe area. So it's the city planners really wasted money on that, that one. I'm being optimistic. Yeah, because uh, it's, it is such a small stadium. Dave, you're right about that one. Tempe is closer to downtown Phoenix, Scottsdale, Chandler, Mesa, and then Glen, uh, then Glendale is a, a Tempe move in the long run would be great. hundred percent. And people don't want to drive like an hour and a half out of their way to go down there. It's just, no, it's just not happening. Uh, Heedle was a true playoff warrior. That's right. We have no cap space to speak of Heedle's job to lose till 2024. Yes. Uh, Panarin is a playmaker on a wing. He needs a skilled winger, not a center. Yeah, and he might get that with Kako. Kako might move up to that that side. And uh, another thing is Lafreniere might be in there too. But you know what? You know what? That's where Vitaly Kratzov comes in. And there's, there's three spots for Vitaly Kratzov to get in here. So first things first, Rangers, Brass, don't guarantee him a job. I'm only saying that to light a fire under his ass, but uh, or or just tell him or or tell him he's up no matter what, and they can't they can't they can't send him to the minor leagues. We already know that. I don't know how to motivate him besides go out there and go get paid. Lafayette was starting to get mean before get, getting the playoffs, but then he got nasty when the playoffs started. Yes, he did. Uh, Sean Panarin playmaker, Hedo finisher, Kratzoff skilled uh, winger. Gerard is saying. Miller is long. Yes, he is. He has got a hell of a reach, and he's just doing great with that. Sign me up for that. Well, Miller's using the body more and less of the stick, finally, and that's something that he had to do. Facing the top competition uh, on every single unit also helps. And by the way, think about this. Braden Steiner is going to grow. Braden Steiner is going to grow, and that's going to be something that's um, – Back. I'm gonna check that right now. D 
Kendra Miller really impressed me in the playoffs. What do you think about his offensive upside? I've always been high on Heedle. Hope he gets more minutes to really show his mettle. Um, I really like Philip Heedle. Again, I thought he was going to get traded in the Andrew Cop trade. And when he didn't, I went, wow. I still thought Cop was going to be the third line center, and he wasn't. But I don't know. I don't know. But um, D is breaking this. Carolina Hurricanes have given Ethan Bear permission to, to talk to other teams. Earlier reports said that they were far apart. You know what? That could also be one of those where uh, Rod Brindamore was given permission to talk to other teams. Go ahead. See what's out there. Come back to us. And they've done that before. And it's worked. So uh, where the players come back or the coaches come back. A Casey move in the long run would be great uh, for Kansas City. I, I don't know. They, they had the scouts years ago. I'm not sure if that would be there. And then Logie, Logie right there. Schneider will take Truba's job, and Truba knows it. Truba knew that from day one. He really did. So, All right, guys, we're going to sign it off right here because it is always great to do these. But um, – and – I don't think the Kako experiment is over yet. He is looked, he looked like a guy that never wanted to surrender the puck in the playoffs and he acted like it at times. So uh, I know people think about the missing the open net, but still that's it. it the Kako stuff is guys got to grow into their roles. And again, part of the thing I've talked about all the time with these guys is you got to grow into your roles. You got to know your roles and then you've got to, get like you gotta get these guys Kako and Lafreniere power play time you're giving them PP2 time and they're barely scraping by it's it, I mean well Lafreniere had 19 goals this season and he had one power play goal and I think it was at the end of the year I mean nine he he had 18 even strength goals that's amazing and you know what, Lafreniere is going. No, it's it's just they got the problem with these guys is they were they were put onto a playoff team, and I mean Kaka wasn't. The problem with Kaka was Kaka with David Quinn, but then Lafreniere got put onto a team that nearly missed the playoffs. They had playoff expectations. Ryan Strom was performing at a high level. I don't want to hear, by the way, that Panarin loves Ryan Strom so much. Great, everybody loves everyone. Who cares? Got to you. Got to move on. It, it, it's Ryan Strom's money's got to go somewhere else. That's just where it is. A kid, he'll find his groove soon. Yeah, and you know what? Another one, Alex. You don't want to be that team that gives up on a player one year too early. I'd rather be one year too late than one year too early. So uh, let's not worry. He's not Evgeny Gratchev, if you remember him, or. Uh, Joseph Bale or uh, Pavel Brendel. We'll go with those. Uh, even Jamie Lundmark. You know what? The Rangers have been on a search to try to – the Rangers haven't drafted a center of that's made an all-star team since – oh, dear God. I know this 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 hurts the audio uh, portion of the podcast, but I can't remember the last drafted center that the Rangers had. I think Turcotte made an All Star game. 
That's how far back I'm going. I'm going back to Darren Turcott, guys. So, yeah. Uh, Rick, I don't know about that. But, yeah. Um, Mike York, I don't think he made an all-star team. Not as a New York Ranger. He was a finalist for the Calder Trophy. I don't think he made an all-star team. By the way, he lost that all-star, that, that uh, Calder Trophy to Scott Gomez, if everybody remembers correctly. But also, by the way, there's still Will Coley. There's um, Brennan Ottman. There's, but you still got to answer the question at center. That's what the thing is. You got to figure out who's going to be at center. I think it's easier to promote uh, Heedle and then sign, like I said before, Nick Paul. Not to ruin my own article. Go ahead. Go read it. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, oh, the Rangers are allergic at drafting uh, a top center. That's right, Chris. They, they kind of are. They, they, they keep on passing on all these guys. But again, by the way, Mike, that would not help matters. It would not be um, uh, it would not be necessarily uh, the the Rangers drafting the guy. That's the thing. They might get a center prospect, but then they'll move on from there. Derek Stepan was a real good center prospect for the, for the Rangers, but <laughs> Steve Warmer. Nope, that would be um that would be a Chicago. Or I don't even think Chicago was where he first started. Pretty sure it was Michelle Goulet. I know was uh, with uh, Quebec. So, <laughs> well, I gotta I gotta say Chris G had it first, Dave. But still, all right, guys. Again, thank you very much. I'm actually gonna go uh, run along. I got I gotta deal with this eye. So. And uh, I'm going to hit the gym, but it's always great doing these three hours, eight minutes. And I was trying to sign off at two 30. You guys, you guys are done a hell of a job. So again, everybody, thank you very much for joining us today. All things. Uh, oh, I almost called us all things Rangers, big apple hockey where we uh, we're going to get more guests and we're going to do more of these interviews. And uh, hopefully I won't mess up the intro for them, but uh, thank you all very much. It's, it's great joining us and we can't wait to do more of this. Talk to y'all soon.